Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, the place to go for all of that. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their shows and their websites. SARS is free at freetalklive.com. There's always a lot to talk about here tonight. Your calls are the primary elements if you decide to make them. There's, uh, again, a lot of news on the plate here, and one of those stories is the next great step on the road to national slavery. And it's not really a great step. This is awful. This is terrible news, but it was inevitable that it was going to come along uh, because they've been talking about national, what they call national service at the national, at the, uh, the federal government level for quite a while now, since before uh, Obama was elected, both Obama and McCain went to a summit on September 11th and the purpose of the summit was to essentially propagandize the American people to bring them in, bring them on board and stir up the national fervor, wave some flags around and talk about how great it is for uh, for you to be forced to come work for the federal government for, oh, I don't know, three, six, nine well, months, it's, it's two not, years. It's not for you to be forced. It's for uh, everybody else to be forced, really, because that's how they're setting it up. They're setting it up for, you know, that everybody who's under a certain age and you know, we know that the voting population's older. So it's it's really uh, – well, shouldn't the rest of those people have to go work for the federal government? Would that be nice? Uh, yeah. Actually, recently, at first I, I heard it was about young people, but I also noticed now they're talking about older people, too. Yeah, they've been talking about the, the senior core and that kind of thing and and they've oh, yeah. they've talked about the national service for anybody under the age of 40 i suspect what they'll do is uh you know have some kind of senior corps out there that'll offer jobs to old people uh the way that's probably come down and then if you want to get money for college it'll probably come down in that manner too so. why not just have a real economy then you wouldn't need all this yeah, but but the people that design and want to design the economy always think they can do it better. Well, this isn't about economics. This is about obedience. It this is, is about, about indoctrination. It, it is about economics in the sense that the federal government's employee um, pool has been getting older and older. They don't have enough bureaucrats. Well, okay. also, as people, more people lose jobs in this country, they're trying to give them jobs, thinking that jobs are the key to a strong economy. Well, you can pay one person to dig a hole and pay another person to it's fill it in. It hasn't but you accomplished have, anything. Yeah, you haven't created anything. So what, well, have you, what kind of wealth have you created with what you do? And that's the question. And government jobs don't create wealth. All they, of that is true, but I don't believe that jobs are the main motivation behind this. I think the motivation is to indoctrinate people with a, a greater worship for the state, with a, a new appreciation for being a bureaucrat. Because, Mark, if they're having trouble filling jobs at the federal government, all they have to do is increase the benefits and increase the pay and then start promoting them better at the uh, the high school campuses. Come on out of your high school jobs and or your high school campuses and we'll, we'll start you at $30,000 a year at the federal government it would not be hard for them to fill jobs should they want to because we all know they can just start printing out more money but who pays for all this we do right everybody Ex- exactly pays for it. and that's the whole thing i remember margaret thatcher used to say this she says the problem with socialism is sooner or later you run out of other people's money yeah 
And There's no doubt about it. I think the, I think though that one of the most sinister parts about national service is it's designed to brainwash people even further. I mean, right now, kids are in the hands, young people in America are in the hands of the federal government, I mean, by proxy. The feds don't actually run the schools, but they essentially can set all the rules for them because they send money down, your money, to the schools, and then in return, there are all kinds of strings attached to it. So, effectively, all government schools are federal schools at some level. And so they've already got them for 15 years or however long it is, 13 years uh, of just pure statist indoctrination. But nobody's actually being forced to work as a bureaucrat. Nobody, nobody who's in the government schools, even though some schools have a volunteer requirement for you to, uh, to fulfill in order to, get, to graduate, those volunteer hours aren't necessarily tied in with government bureaucracy. You could go and you could work at some local charity and you could get volunteer hours for that. So these young people are being indoctrinated to believe that the state is wonderful, but they've never actually experienced working for the state. And I think that there's more, uh, there's just some, some, some level of value there for the, uh, for the state to have every single young person come in to this, essentially, this government make work program, to this brown shirt program, whatever you want to call it, that will bring more allegiance to the state. Well, this stuff happened during the Depression with uh, FDR had created the, the youth, what was it, the Youth Conservation Corps or something like that? Mm. And it was a similar thing, only on a smaller scale. And this is this has happened throughout history. But even people who do go into a program like this, I think a lot of them do become disillusioned. I think that's true. I think that'll be the other side of the coin. Some there. of them do, but uh, you, it, a lot, you know, it's it's a it's sort of a fifty-fifty shot for them. I know my uncle came out of the air force and said working for the government almost ruined him for real work. Mm. So yeah, there's going to be people, but I don't know what the percentage is. And I don't either. I don't have personally a lot of faith in the human animal. Um, I think that it, you know, it it, it just likes this kind of of static thing, and it'll create this kind of cognitive dissonance to believe what it's doing is good and right and well, just. It's, it's easy. We were talking about how humans don't like to change last night, and if you're in this government make-work program, this national service program, it'll be easy to want to stay there. They're going to give you incentives. Once you get done with the program, yep. they'll say, well, now you're on the track to get, your, to get yourself a real government career. Look at all the options that are available to you, kids. And you're right, Wayne. There are going to be those individuals who are going to rebel against this, who are going to obviously see that this is forced and that there's coercion involved here. And that'll be good for us, no I, doubt about it. it. There will be a, some sort of silver lining here, but there are going to be all the other people that are just moved even further down the road towards complete support of the status. Uh, the status situation we have. In this but even country. if they don't see the, the coercion, the force, they're still going to see the inefficiency, the waste, the uh, lack of productivity, which does discourage a lot of people as well. But some of them, I, I, you're right. There, and again, as Mark says, what are the percentages going to be? Because there are going to be another significant percentage, I imagine, that is going to see the fact that they don't really have to do any significant work, but they're getting paid. And that's going to be very attractive to a certain segment of the population. Even, I would say a large segment. I, I think a lot of them do do you know um, work in the sense that they, you know, they work. They go out and work. Um, but the problem is, is that the the work that they have isn't, you know, it isn't directed by the marketplace. It's directed by the government and mm -hmm. central planning for the economy. Simply does not work. So their work isn't efficient in that sense. And the, because they're government workers, they the unions are able to lobby on, uh, you know, lobby against essentially an employer that. 
doesn't exist. The federal mm-hmm. government doesn't, you know, it, it, it gets its money through taxation and printing money, so it doesn't value money in the same manner, and therefore the pay is higher for the work that is uh, produced. So you've got this, you know, th- that that's the situation. I don't think it's fair to say that they don't do significant work. What you do is you alienate people when you say that, and it's just it's not so. It's just it's just a malinvestment of of a lot of labor. It's a malinvestment. Absolutely true. Well, I, it's my opinion that uh, many of them are probably not doing significant work just there's because many, I understand the nature of bureaucracy. There's many, many of them and their uh, potential listeners to the show, and many of them um, could get turned off. Well, these people are against me. They hate me. No, I don't hate you if you work for the federal government. I just believe that your job is being administered in an inefficient fashion. Yeah, very well put. So the last time they were talking about this at their summit... They made a real point, and this is another one of the the hideous things that's going to be going on with this National Service Program. One of the things they did extremely well during this two-hour-long or however long it was summit with all these politicians talking about how great National Service is. We need this for our country. It's something that we need for a, we need for a long time. And one of the things they did brilliantly was conflate real volunteerism with national service, and they're going to continue doing that. They're going to pawn off this uh, government make work, this bureaucracy, working for bureaucracy, with going out and you know working in a soup kitchen. They're going to try to make them seem as though they're the same thing, and I think that's also very dangerous because it, it plants the idea into young people's heads, and again, they're going to be targeting mostly young people in the beginning. Yes, they do have the senior corps and all that, but every single young person is likely to be forced into some sort of government program. And so conflating government make work with volunteerism when they're not even close to the same no. thing, real volunteers don't get paid, uh, is really dangerous because it's going to make people believe that, well, working for the government is volunteerism and they're one and the same. And, and not only that, that volunteering so-called for the government is better than working in the private sector. That's one of the things they were saying very crystal clear at this summit. So this hmm. is a really dangerous thing we've got going on here. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, and even a webcam. We give it all away to you, and you find it all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. .freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is offering 12 different seminars this summer in locations across the country. Participation is free, and the IHS covers meals and housing. Seminars are free for those simply curious about libertarian philosophy for those or to those passionate about liberty, even those who want career advice, networking opportunities, and lectures relevant to each career path. Go to libertarianseminars.com. And get registered today. That's libertarianseminars.com. The deadline for registration for the summer courses is March 31st. So get on it. Libertarianseminars.com. So talking about national service, we'll come back to this because we haven't even gotten into the story yet. We've just been talking off the cuff about the concept of national service or national slavery, as I would prefer to call it. There's news about this. They are moving ahead. And we'll give you the update here in a bit. First, we go to your phone calls. We'll talk to David in New York to start things out here with the calls tonight. David, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Evening, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I want to put the call out to all in the halls of government for sabotage. Sabotage? Ru- <clears throat> yes, ruin somebody's computer, cut a cable, over-tighten a screw, leak information, embarrass the bureaucrats. You want them not to feel safe. Anybody, as you go up the chain, you want to do as much sabotage as you possibly can. If you know that you're not you know, part of the club and you're getting the shaft, you need to tear the system apart from the inside. So don't think you need to leave your position in government. What you need to do is sabotage. I love this I idea. This is a good book. idea. I, you know, I, I don't know whether I think it's of any, uh, of any value at all. I, it's um, worked before. It's in in other governments all around the world, they brought them down. They it did it in Russia. Tell, uh, that's how they did it? It, it took I mean, 70 I, years to do it in Russia, but they did it. Um, I thought that There's a book if, called The Secret Freedom Fighter by the Paladin Press. You read this book, you'll see exactly what's going on. And for people who are not in the government, you got a local cop that's giving you a hard time, find out where he lives and put a Molotov cocktail through the front. Dear well, God. I would not suggest that. Uh, I think that's probably a violent solution, and that's all that's really yeah. going to do. He's got is... kids in that house, and uh, we don't want to see the little kids burnt up, okay? That didn't yeah. work for Timothy McVeigh, and it's not going to work for you. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I was with him up until he got violent. I think that uh, that putting wrenches into the works of the government is, is A-OK. It I just mean, costs more money for the taxpayer. I mean, you know, it, 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 just, it just slows the bureaucracy down. I don't think it's going to actually – it's not going to do anything. Well, I think you're wrong about you, that. You there know, was... I, I think that if, if government bureaucrats refuse to accept bad orders from their superiors... I'm for that. If they refuse to do things that are clearly illegal, that would be enough for me. Those are all great steps in the right direction. I remember there was the story out of San Francisco about the... I think it was San Francisco, somewhere out in California, where uh, one of the government bureaucrats was, I guess, getting fired, and on his way out, he decided to lock down a certain section or change the password on the administration segment of like the traffic, sec, uh, the traffic computers or something like that, to where it was a real pain for these guys. They had to bring him to court and they and they had to to, to try him to try to get the password out of the dude. It made it quite inconvenient. Uh, are you? I mean, yeah. Is it possible that they could raise taxes to hire an expert to come in to uh, to fix that problem? Sure, that's possible. But it, you know, there's a process they have to go through to raise taxes. The local governments aren't like the federal government in that they can print money out of thin air. They have to go through the process of changing the budget around and and having that approved for the next year and. I don't know. I, I I don't feel like there's anything wrong with somebody who's inside the state doing things to waste state resources, essentially to uh, to screw things up on the inside even more than they already are. Uh, Claire Wolf would would call them ghosts, I believe, in in her book, uh, 101 Things. They were moles. No, moles, moles. was what it was. Yeah, uh, 101 Things to Do Until the Revolution. And I think there are some probably more creative ideas that if you're actually in the system, you can come up with that may not necessarily involve drastically increasing costs. Of course, some of the things that the activists are doing here, Mark, are increasing the cost for the government. Are you going to speak out against those? Are you going to speak out against activists uh, refusing to pay uh, to pay for speeding tickets and things like that? That's not you know sabotaging. That's not uh, destroying property. You're using like that. this. I I don't know if sabotage necessarily means destroying property. I think sabotage pro- can mean you know the, the electronic property of the government and, and if you're shutting down their uh, computer system, I, I could consider that destruction of property. If somebody comes to my computer and changes my password and costs me days uh, days and uh, labor and trying to get it undone they've as far as i'm concerned committed uh, f- uh, you know force against me 
I see where you're coming from, but remember, we're talking about people who've already committed force, and so that's why a lot of people, like Dave, are more than happy to suggest violent solutions to the government, which, of course, we shy away from here on Free Talk Live, because I'm um, just looking at the observation, observing the history of violence. Uh, violence begets violence, and it, it only makes tends to make things worse, and you'll probably end up a, a dead man. But changing a password on a computer isn't really violence. These people have already been using force, so it would just be a way for, uh, to prevent them from getting access to the things they normally access in a, uh, in a day's work. I'd rather have those, uh, you know, I'd rather have whatever cops were using that computer to uh, not be able to, to access the databases they were looking for than to have their normal access. Uh, so, so I just don't think that that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not of the opinion that that's a great way to go. Okay. Well, so what you're saying is that those people in government should just keep doing their jobs and do nothing to rock the boat. I think that they should, uh, as Wayne said, refuse to obey what they consider to be unconstitutional orders. I'm for that. Okay. Well, not all of them are getting unconstitutional orders. Many of them are working in government bureaucracy. We're not just talking about the police here. We're talking about government bureaucrats who one could argue that their entire programs are unconstitutional. Would you suggest that they quit their jobs? You know, I I can't tell somebody to quit their job because it's going to be filled by somebody else, likely, and that person that's going to fill it is probably not going to be as freedom-oriented. So, no. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I guess, you know, I can't come up with any real good ideas because I've never worked for government bureaucracy. I don't know what opportunities there are. I don't know the various different in, uh, in, inner workings of these bureau, uh, bureaucracies. I don't know what op, what chances you would have to, to throw in a monkey wrench into, into their system. It may be something very simple that, that somebody could do. I mean, sabotage the copying machine or, so, or something like that. I, I don't know. Something to slow them down even more and yeah increase their costs i don't see anything wrong with increasing their costs because at some point they won't have any more money to spend we know that here in new hampshire the new hampshire courts shut down for an entire month because they couldn't afford to do any more jury trials so is the that, government i mean you know it it goes to show that the government will come to stop of its own weight i don't know that uh, you know the sabotaging is of any use anyway at the state level, but you don't like, know because you don't know. At you the, know. Yeah, at the state level, they have to do those things because they they can't print money. The federal level, they're just going to print the money and do it if they don't have the money. Yeah, that's true. So it's a little a much more drawn out process at the federal level. But I think there's a lot of good people at the federal and state level who know when they're given an immoral or unconstitutional order. And it's up to them to decide whether they want to follow it or not. Maybe we could get some of our government employee listeners to call in and talk about some instances of sabotage, uh, that some monkey wrenching that they've done. And, and run them by Mark here, and we'll see what he says. Does Mark approve of your sabotage? 800-259-9231. Maybe we can get you a seal, like a Mark-approved seal that you can put on <laughs> Big something. Am. More on the way. You can bring up whatever you want here. Plus, we'll come back to National Service and give you an update on what they're planning. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you free, including the Shred of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. What if you found out the best libertarian or liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue with your phone calls, we'll still uh, come back to the national service story here in a bit. First, let's talk to Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Greetings, gentlemen. Stephen, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm going to be starting a boat repair business uh, very likely very soon. And um, the question that I had uh, was what I used to have a boat boat repair business before. Let me back up a little bit, about uh, 15 years ago. And uh, basically this is a one-man show. You know, you call me, you want your boat fixed. I show up with my with my truck, I pull my tools out, I go onto your boat, we talk about the problem, I fix the problem, I give you a bill, you give me money. Um, and this is what I'm going to be starting up again. Uh, well, sometimes uh, during the course of business, people will drop hints that maybe they wanted to pay me cash so as to avoid paying uh, sales tax, because there's sales tax on services. And Sure, that sounds like a good the- idea. Once in a while, I did it. I just wondered what you think about somebody doing that routinely, and also, what do, what would you think about, uh, if you think that's a good idea, do you think that I should bring it up, or do you think that I should wait for them to bring it up? What are the dangers? I don't know what the dangers are. I mean, I imagine there's some sort of crime for a retailer not uh, or a service provider not collecting are you the taxes. Uh, I'm sorry? Are you licensed? Yeah, it would be a licensed business, bonded, insured, and all that. Uh, so the bond yeah, comes I, through a, through a um, through a, uh, a insurance agency or something like that, right? Yes. Um, the license comes through the state government. That's correct. Well, I mean, there, there's the there's the danger um, in that right. you could you know they they can take your license away. They really can't stop you from going out and working on a daily basis or anything like How that. How do you know there's not a criminal charge involved? There may very, there may very well in be in not collecting sales not, tax or no. whatever. That. I don't know. I'm not. Sh- I'm not familiar with all the the facts. Uh, that may be something you'll want to consult a lawyer on. Uh, uh-huh. But I, I'm all for it. Obviously, I think working underground or in the, in the underground economy is a very beneficial thing, not just for your customers, in that they'll save the, the money they would have normally spent on taxes, and uh, you know, and for you because you're going to engender good feelings from these uh, these customers who you're helping right. out. I suppose there's a possibility that. I mean, I don't know if this happens, but I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here. There's a possibility that they send people around to investigate allegations of such things. I doubt they're, they're doing this on a regular basis. But those people are going basis. to ask you, um, hey, want to not uh, pay, you know, can I pay in cash so I don't have to pay sales tax? So that's, that's what he's saying this is happening to him. People are asking right, him. But, but if he also said, should I initiate it or, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that uh, if you initiate it, um, you know, in, in certain circumstances, I'd just use my intuition is what I would do. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I did before. I think uh, in, in four years there was maybe three cases where I did it, and one of them was actually kind of humorous. I showed up, and the guy, when he called me, he was sober, but by the time I got there, he was completely blitzed. He was drunk. Hmm. 
And uh, when I got finished, he just pulled cash out of his pocket. I started writing the bill up, and he just started pulling out cash, and he, he overpaid me by about 300 bucks, thanked me profusely, took business cards from me, and passed them out to his, uh, to his friends, and I actually got some work out of it. Cool. <laughs> I can't imagine that the, the penalty is too severe, but again, I'm completely speculating. Maybe there... I would love to hear from somebody who's had some experience. I've never heard of a bust or anything like that. I've never heard of what has happened to a business owner who's refused to collect taxes. I don't know if they ever do it. I mean, at least if they ever get caught doing it, I've never seen any stories about it. Yep, exactly. Me too. That, I thought I'd give you guys a call. Maybe just you know get your input. You're pretty smart, fellas. Well, I say I say give it a shot. I like Mark's suggestion. Use your intuition. Be cautious. Uh, maybe... How you can judge those customers without knowing them personally, I don't know. I don't know if there's any questions you could ask them that would be revealing. So it would be something to consider. But if you think it will help you build relationships with your customers, it seems like it's worthwhile. Wayne, any thoughts on this? Not a thing. All right. Any other thoughts, uh, Stephen? That's it. And uh, just uh, glad to be back. I haven't been listening to you guys for a while, but I'm going to have to do some catching up. All right. Thanks for the call tonight. Good hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. So here's the latest on national service. The story coming from Fox News where the House of Representatives passed a measure Wednesday that supporters are calling the most sweeping reform of the nationally backed volunteer program. See, they love calling them volunteer programs. Uh, since AmeriCorps. But some opponents are strongly criticizing the legislation, calling it expensive indoctrination and forced advocacy. The, get this now, the Generations Invigorating Volunteerism and Education Act, known as the GIVE Act, oh boy, sponsored by Representatives Carolyn McCarthy and George Miller, was approved by a 321 to 105 vote and now goes to the Senate. Now, how many Republicans are there in the uh, the U.S. House? Does anybody know? Um, it's a minority. I don't know. It's more than 105. Yeah, yeah. That means I was just thinking when you said that, that quite a few Republicans voted for it, too. Absolutely they did because they're all on board for national service, or for the most part. Most of them are on board with it. And if they didn't vote for it, it's probably because it didn't support the military enough. You know, that's that's where the difference was between John McCain and uh, and Barack Obama was John McCain was real hardcore on bringing more people into the military, whereas Barack Obama wants to create another, you know, another program that's not the military to bring a whole bunch of people into. So they could sing, that way they can sing Kumbaya and the fire and all that stuff. I don't care what they do either. Either way, it's it's despicable, and I'm, it, everybody who loves freedom should oppose so it. So these people are going to be paid. Are they going to have special quarters for them to live in? Typically, uh, that's what happens with AmeriCorps in a lot of cases. Right. So they'll, they'll take some shopping center that's out of business and <laughs> put a bunch of cots in there? Well, I don't know, man. With all the, uh, the, the foreclosed homes and the toxic assets out there, maybe the federal government will just have a whole big old pool of... Empty houses to put people in. Yeah, they practically own all that, uh, all, all those toxic ac- assets with the amount of money they put into uh, banks at this point. You know, I wouldn't doubt for a second that they uh, would, you know, make use of that. So the legislation slated to cost six billion over five years would create 175,000 new service opportunities under AmeriCorps. Oh, I love that marketing right. mm-hmm. service opportunities. Where if you don't take the opportunity, you go to jail. Well, now that's it's not there yet. Uh, we're getting to that point. Okay, it's not to the point of coercion yet. What they're doing now is they're expanding AmeriCorps and they're going to expand some of the other cores. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But the the coercion portion, the forced national service, that's down the road a little bit. 
In this case, it's going to bring the number of participants in the National Volunteer Program to 250,000 individuals. It would also create additional cores to expand the reach of volunteerism into new sectors. See how often that, I mean, even Fox News, the supposedly fair and balanced news source, uh, is just falling right in line with this. Oh, yeah, this is volunteering. Yeah, volunteering. How many times have you volunteered for something, whether it's been the local soup kitchen, your local church doing some sort of uh, painting a house or whatever? How many times have you volunteered and gotten a paycheck? Doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. So calling it volunteering is an insult to the people that are really out there volunteering. Yep. But yet you're going to hear it over and over again. This is going to become just there. It's going to be all over the place. We know that Time Magazine is a big supporter of this. They're out putting out propaganda supporting national service. You're going to hear them talking about it on the talking head shows all across the country. They'll be talking about how volunteering is great. And look at all these service opportunities we have. Just come on into the AmeriCorps program and we can help people. It's also a central, centrally planned uh, organization so that what happens is people tend to say well if this person in need in my community needs help that they should just go over to these volunteer people over here that work for the government rather than volunteering themselves so right. it creates a moral hazard because right. it's cre- like food stamps you see a homeless person who wants food well go get food stamps that's the yep. mentality mm-hmm. nowadays people uh, you know abdicate their you know what what they would normally consider their moral responsibility um, because the government's supposed to be taken care of it and the government's doing it in a very poor manner now this bill does take the next step toward coercive national Service. We'll explain that coming up here in moments, and you can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. You bring up anything. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. That's the number for you. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and a percentage of your purchase goes to Free Talk Live. There are dozens of categories in which you can shop. A whole lot of stuff you can buy, including used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, buy used through Amazon.freetalklive.com, and we'll still get a percentage of your purchase. So great way to get the stuff you need for life and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. That's Amazon.freetalklive.com. Have you been looking to spice things up in the bedroom or fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Yes. <laughs> Here's an offer you won't be able to resist then, Wayne. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL in the offer code coupon checkout. That's FTL as in Free Talk Live. With your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. Me, Adam. You, Eve. As we continue with the story about national service, they are working hard at bringing all youthful Americans into some national uh, federal government service program, which is really just an excuse to indoctrinate them and bring them ever further into worshiping the government and worshiping the state. But they're taking their time with it. They're, they're working steadily, but taking it slow. Well, they're floating a lot of trial balloons. Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. And what they're starting things out with is an increase, a $6 billion increase in the AmeriCorps program. Uh, it's going to cost $6 billion over five years, 
would create 175,000 new service opportunities, and it will also expand into additional cores to expand the reach of volunteerism, as they like to call it. Of course, we, as we pointed out, this is not real volunteerism. That's it's an insult to real volunteerism. Uh, into new sectors, including a clean energy core, education core, healthy futures core, a veteran services core, and it expands the national civilian community core to focus on additional areas like disaster relief and energy conservation. It's the first time since the America it's the first time the America program which was created in 1993 will be reauthorized and supporters say it will have additional funding to match the renewed interest in national service since President Obama's election and the acute need for volunteerism and charity in the tough economic times. But the bill's opponents, and there are only a few of them in Congress, say it could cram ideology down the throats of young volunteers, many of whom could be forced into service since the bill creates a Congressional Commission on Civic Service. Oh, boy. Here you go. The Bipartisan Commission uh, Commission will be tasked with exploring a number of topics, including, as is a quote from the legislation, whether a workable, fair, and reasonable mandatory service requirement for all able young people could be developed and how such a requirement could be implemented in a manner that would strengthen the social fabric of the nation. So there you have it. That's their next Social step. fabric. That's their next step. They're creating a bipartisan commission so these people in Washington, D.C. can figure out how to enslave young people in America. They just don't have the details nailed down yet. Now, we know that they have ideas. Uh, Charles Rangel has been submitting national service legislation, or no, his was draft legislation, bringing back the draft. He's been submitting that year after year. Rahm Emanuel, who is the what chief of staff for Obama, he's got a real cut and clear plan as to what he wants to do. So basically, this is going to be their chance to throw it all onto the table and figure out how best to enslave Americans. That's what they're working on. That's what's the... That's the next step. Now, how long will this commission meet? How long will it take them to, uh, to iron all this out? We know bureaucracy moves slowly. So it could be another year before we see another story about this. But who knows? If everything's already been hammered out in advance, this could just be a formality to where they just throw everything out on the table and then they come back a few months later and say, well, we figured it out. We're going to come and uh, bring every high schooler in. Uh, they're going to come work for us three months. It can be during any summertime. They can pick what they can choose which summer they work on. So it's not it's not truly coercive. Won't they won't they make a great snitch squad, too? That's what they're, in fact, uh, the, the, the one of the things that they're working on. Uh, we'll get to what Obama actually had to say here in a few moments. But the bill's opponents, uh, the excuse me, they say, we contribute our time and money under no government coercion. Does this sound like Hitler Youth to anybody? Yes. I mean, you know, I, what, what is the, the Internet law, supposedly, that once you mention the Nazis, uh, you know, the arguments lost? Godwin's. Godwin's law. And, you know, I think it's just so stupid because it. Somebody said it, right? Godwin, let's assume, mm -hmm. um, said that, well, once you mention the Nazis, the argument's lost, and then called it a law, and so therefore people you know, take it as truth. I've had people say, well, yeah, according to Godwin's law, you've lost this, you've, you've lost this yeah. debate. But, you know, according the Nazis to my are, law, you're an idiot. The Nazis are a real, real great example of how an elected government can go very, very awry. And I Absolutely. think that one should, uh, you know, to throw that away shows that Godwin's a jackass. Well, the, the yep. people that say that, oh, you've lost the argument, it's just they're shutting down. Yes. You know, they're shutting down and they're using that as their excuse to to no longer consider whatever it is you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's a total obfuscation. And, and when people use that stuff on me that's what i tell them face it this is isn't this similar there are parallels here open your eyes get your head out of the sand 
Luch- now, I don't think that they're going to go gassing anybody, um, but you know that that's not what fascism's about. There were fascist governments in Spain. There were fascist governments in Italy. They didn't gas anybody. They just took out their political uh, rivals in in those places. We contribute our time and money under no government coercion on a scale the rest of the world doesn't emulate and probably can't imagine, said Luke Sheehan, contributing editor for the Family Security Foundation. He said the idea that government should order its people to perform acts of charity is contrary to the idea of charity, and it removes the responsibility for charity from the people to the government, destroying private initiative. I'd say he summed it all up pretty effectively there. House committee staff insist that the GIVE Act will not change the voluntary nature of of service one of no, them they're wrong it absolutely will in the same way that the welfare has changed the voluntary uh, you know aspect of giving to people who mm. you know need help the fact is some people say well i don't need to give because they will be taken care of by the government one of the spokes bureaucrats says it's ridiculous to suggest that our bill includes any effort to make service a mandatory requirement all of the they said the word mandatory in the bill no they in, didn't. in the commission the commission, right. the commission right. is looking at the it. The commission is looking at it. So the bill itself, she's telling the truth. The bill itself doesn't have anything to mandate service. The commission will decide that later. You know what I want to know is, is let's just say that this is implemented. In 10 years from the time of implementation, I'm wondering how many of these national service people are going to be packing heat. You mean as far as on, the, on behalf of the state? Yes. Well, let's see what Obama would have to say about it. Uh, According to one of the campaign stops he made last July, he said the following. We cannot continue to rely on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that is just as powerful, just as powerful, just as strong, just as strong, just just as as well funded, funded, said Obama. He so also that said, to me says – you're talking about the, a, mili- a military yep. unlike the world has ever seen before. So you're going to have a, a service program that's unlike the world has ever seen before, a military with weapons unlike the world has ever seen before. So you're going to see a service program with weapons unlike the world has ever seen before uh, you know, and just as well funded. My God, the military gets half of the budget. Yeah. Obama also said this will empower That's more a 50% Americans increase people in what the government spends today. It will empower more Americans to craft their own service agenda and make their own change from the bottom up. Now, how ironic no, is that? It won't. Right. The, that, it's to, a top to, up program, right. top down program that will empower people to from the bottom up. From the bottom up because <laughs> I said it. <laughs> right. Can I mean, can you imagine that people are listening to this and they're yeah, go Obama. Then they, they they just completely passes over their head what he just said to them. They don't care. So Senator Obama, according to the conservative American thinker, who, by the way, uh, you know, here are the conservative groups sounding like they care about freedom. If it were John McCain that were elected and he was up there talking about, we need to bring more people into the military, this new national service program will do that, more people in military roles in our country, we can spread them around the world and stop the terrorists, then the conservatives would be like, yeah, that's a great idea. So don't, yep. don't believe these people when they sound like they, uh, they actually are principled in any way but this is still well, a good quote there's a few republicans who sounded principled when bush was president we have to remember that this whole idea was actually first mentioned by uh defense secretary gates which was later mentioned by obama that, who is still the defense secretary who's still because he's a carryover from the bush administration so uh, what has changed 
the American, one of the conservative American thinkers said this, uh, Senator Obama aims to tap into the already active volunteerism of millions of Americans and recruit them to become cogs in a gigantic government machine grinding out his social reengineering agenda. That's probably pretty true. I would say so. But the same would be true if it were John McCain, and I doubt that guy would be saying that at that time. What, it, what happens if you decide you don't want to go? Jail! It must be. Yeah, it must be. Break rocks in camp. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, we'll continue to keep an eye on the national service situation as it will inevitably uh, develop over the next few years. And if you want to chime in on this, tell us how you feel about it. What are you planning on doing if it comes around? This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Hour 2 coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls, uh, we'll talk to Bile in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Bile. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Bile. Hey, Bile. It's good meeting you at the Liberty Forum. It was good talking with you and uh, and Glenn Jacobs and uh, Michael Mann. A lot of fun. Uh, Michael Manna, I believe, is uh, the other wrestler. Or Manna. Yes. Yeah. So um, what's on uh, your mind tonight? Just calling about uh, talking about Godwin's Law. <clears throat> Godwin's Law. Can, can you bring our listeners up to speed that might just be tuning in? What is Godwin's Law, supposedly? Okay. To quote uh, Wikipedia, but this is a quote of the original um, Usenet post. From uh, Mike Godwin in 1990. Says the wow, this goes way back. Quote, yes, it's uh, back in old Usenet days. Of the okay. internet. Says the says quote um, as a Usenet discussion grows longer, the probability of a comparison involving Nazis or Hitler approaches one. <laughs> so that that's all it says. Oh, so Godwin's law that, doesn't know, specify that he who invokes Hitler loses. That was added later. Yeah, it says references to Godwin's law often actually refer to a corollary of which determines that, uh, or of it, which determines that the person who first makes an unwarranted reference to Nazi Germany or Hitler in an argument loses that argument automatically. But that's just, you know, uh, a side thing that was added later. Sounds like you should use Mussolini or Lenin or Stalin instead, that's all. So Godwin's law essentially says that the longer an internet debate goes on, the more likely someone will invoke Nazi Germany. Yep, that's it. Okay. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up. If it goes on long enough, right. someone will uh, that's invoke funny. Hitler. Yeah. Anything else on your mind tonight, Bile? Um, <clears throat> maybe uh, the the whole Travis family uh, thing. This is the horse theft. Uh, Some of our listeners and free staters, Brian Travis and his family, had their horses stolen from them. Uh, Did you have an update? Uh, Not an update so much, but uh, I noticed on um, my my blog, uh, I was noticing that there were referrals from some uh, web forum, turned out to be a horse web forum, where they had posted a link to my blog referring some some story about the Travis family. Mm -hmm. And um, 
they were making rather silly comments about my uh, my online handle bile, okay. which isn't after you know stomach bile; it's after a uh, Celtic god. And so I went and corrected them, and then posted a couple other comments regarding uh, some things that they were saying that were incorrect and just asking them some, some questions. And being that I'm a former horse owner for over a decade and my my family has had horses, had had horses and all kinds of animals for years, uh, these people are like just as nuts as I remember them. Um, the horse owners are a, a clique and it's just, they just won't listen to to anything, uh, you know, it, it so, just amazes me. So that, these people nope. believe that the government did the right thing here. They will side with the state no matter what, whatever your counterclaims are. Yeah, I mean, some of them would. Some of them were willing to listen. I mean, they were attacking the idea of property rights, as discussed on the uh, NH Underground forums. Um, they, but some of them would just just go to ad hominem attacks, making fun of my handle or. Mm-hmm. And just rather petty things, and it got it's getting to a point where they're yelling at me for bringing up property rights, saying it's not a podium for my <laughs> political beliefs, but they're the one bringing up property rights, and then I'm just responding to them. Hmm. Sounds uh, like they don't it, have much. Yeah, it's a complete losing battle. I guess I just have too much time on my hands. Yeah, but. my 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 um, experience is talking good sense to people online really is is just doesn't a make, waste. It's, it's a complete waste of time. Not complete. Yeah. Largely a waste of time. This is true. Now, I've seen some successes. I've seen some online conversions, but I don't, you know, I don't know what the ratio of successes to failures is. <laughs> um, uh, it's going to be the the uh, the first number is going to be two or three digits, and the last number is going to be one. <laughs> all, you can, yeah, all you can really do is throw the pot of bile, so to speak, back in their lap. Yuck! 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 You know, by asking them a question, a good question, instead of trying to tell them what the situation is. That's the only way you can get through to people like that is ask Yeah, but then they won't questions. answer the question. Wayne. Well, then, I mean, then then at least you won then, I guess, right? <laughs> you only get the, the nobody gives the prize out. There's no there's no trophy at the end of this. Right. So, you know, True. when I win, I I win in my own mind. Well, I you get a booby prize. I was already doing pretty well in my own mind. Thanks very much. I didn't need to win but, with these uh, yeah. you know, fanatical horse people. But you know something, <laughs> if even if they don't answer, other people read that and they see that these people have no answer and That's it just, true. So I, I think I've always done that, and it's been very effective. Just ask yeah. questions, because questions are what get people the truth, and then they think it was their idea when they discover it, rather than your idea. If you can get them to believe that they came up with the solution, then it's a lot more valuable. I agree well, with that. Now, now, we're, um, now we're getting into the arena where I just don't particularly like to write um, little essays and respond to people, and you know their, their, their response gets longer than mine gets longer than theirs gets mm-hmm. longer than mine gets longer, and then I'm to the point where I'm, oh, You've spent an afternoon I on just it. don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Thanks very much. I've got, I, I'd much rather get on here. If you've got some guts... Call me at 1-800-259-9231, and we can talk about it on the air. I'd like to do that, but, you know, stand here, to to sit here all day and type back and forth to you, and then with the hopes that somebody might hear it, I already know that there's about a half a million people hearing it. This is a lot more fun, too. So, Bile, you've been following the Travis horse theft case pretty uh, carefully on your blog, is that right? Yeah, I've been trying to, uh, rather neutrally. Um, Like I said, I'm a former horse owner, or at least my family was. I had horses growing up. Me too. And um, uh, my family owns a farm animal feed store. And so we have lots of customers who have horses and and, and emus and cows and pigs and all kinds of things. And I've seen, been witness to SPCA seizures of of animals. Mm. So for me, 
um, being an animal lover and having horses and knowing how much of a pain they can be, I've been very cautious. I mean, I still disagree with what occurred, but there's a very fine line with public relations with animals yeah. uh, and knowing how sort of crazy the horse people can be. And so I've been trying to be very calm, and that's why we were having that tit-for-tat on NH Underground, Ian, because um, I felt that this was needed to be handled carefully. And uh, and I've been asking Brian some questions, but I think he's too busy to get back to me. Though those uh, the OTN videos answered a lot of them. Yeah, I was going to plug that uh, Obscure Truth. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network was up till I think 10 a.m. yesterday working in his editing booth, uh, cranking out a couple of eh, seven, ten-minute-long videos, two-parter, and you can see those over at ObscuredTruth.com. They're interviews with Brian Travis and his wife about what happened to really get their side of it with footage of the remaining horses, which is what a lot of people were asking for. And so Sam really put it together, and I think he did a pretty good job with it. So you can head over to ObscuredTruth.com, and you can see those videos for free. So there yeah. you go. I, I, I think what the, the, the unfortunate thing for the Travises is that the animals um, are a little thin, and so even though there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, um, it looks bad, especially for those horse people, and they're going to make a big deal out of that. They're going to make so, a big deal. You mean the horses in that video were thin? I couldn't. I mean, I don't. I don't see horses on a regular basis. They looked fine to me. What do I know, though? They, they and there are legitimate reasons for that. They were. They are in some cases. A couple of them were slightly thin. But again, like after a move, after a long winter, you know, and and given the fact that, like uh, Heidi said, well, we give them. Uh, hay all the time, yeah. but not necessarily grain all the time. Now that isn't uh, that's fine normally, but the horse people make a huge deal out of that. They make a huge deal out of the damaged. You know, okay, New Hampshire had a rather bad ice storm. Well, they don't take that into account for you know the shelters being kind of messed up or the uh, fences being kind of messed up. Right. So you're supposed to get out there in uh, you know ten below weather and put these uh, shelters back together, um, which likely are you know uh, the roofs are still intact. I mean, you know, you know, how how warm is a three sided shelter anyway? It's not like it's heated; it just keeps the wind out. So yeah. I mean, I don't know how damaged these things were, but I can't imagine. I helped build them, so I know that they couldn't be too damaged um, because you know maybe there's some a rip in the roof does that mean that the whole roof is uh, of no value anymore these it doesn't so- to me these horse nuts sound like the kind of people that would be upset at me for withholding food from my kitty um, until he does tricks for me I mean they would probably call that cruel I thank you for the call Bile. I appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 sound like these obsessive types that uh, they only believe that you should be 110% pampering your animals and anything else below that they get very upset about. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, including the bulletin board system, over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you've got a business and you do billing... 
it's likely that you've got some outstanding bills out there and they're just laying around. Some can be years old and you haven't done anything about it because you got into business to do whatever it was you're doing, whether it's chiropractic or plumbing or whatever service sort of business out there um, that you might have. SACL CAI will take care of those old accounts that you have, get you some money for them, and <clears throat> you'll be supporting the main sponsor of the show. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the page on the right-hand side. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to Keith in Connecticut. Keith is on the amp line. Hello, Keith. How's it going, guys? Hey, Thanks for having me. What's on your mind tonight, Keith? Go ahead. Uh, you guys are pretty effective communicators, and I was kind of uh, wondering what your thoughts on the slow uh, manipulation of the language that we share. Well, um, you'd have to be you know, specific. <laughs> yep, specifically, you know, 19th century or, or economic liberalism and how it changed uh, over, I guess, basically a century to the, the current modern liberalism, which is essentially growth of government and fascism. It's true. I mean, what you're saying is true. The libertarian is 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 a newer term that describes classical liberals. Uh, so the term liberal used to be more a very much more libertarian kind of term. And you're right; it has been debased over time, as has anarchist and a number of other terms. I mean, it, what you're observing is correct. I'm not sure what you want us to say about it. It's reprehensible, <laughs> yes. and we lost. <laughs> or at least it's getting real close to a loss. Well, it's also. I, I was it's, actually just picked this up out of uh, the road to serfdom. As basically, by my little intro to liberty, I recently attended the Liberty Forum and uh, oh, met a lot of great people and kind of started fully getting into this. But uh, moving forward, I just realized uh, we have a lot of struggles with talking to people that aren't indoctrinated into the language. They, it's very quick to lose someone to a conspiracy theory or something else. They just run off on a tangent. They look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, I mean, certainly language is very important. Choosing your words are very important, which is why I will not allow myself to be labeled an anarchist. I mean, it just it, it doesn't even make me feel comfortable uh, hearing that term because I know what the, what popular culture and the news media have done with that term. I mean, I think that there's just been a lot of damage done to these terms, and it's best that we just leave them at the side of the road and embrace new ones, like voluntarist, which I think is much more recent, and it doesn't have the baggage associated with it. Capitalism's got a real beating out there, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the voluntarist thing might get destroyed by national service now, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how about consensualist? How about that one? I like that one. <laughs> okay, you got to keep the words coming faster yeah. than they can... Keep they redefining can... Uh, yeah. or keep uh, keep choosing new ones for yourself as they attempt to, uh, to debase them. I mean, a libertarian is the most most recent one to go, I think. Yeah. It's going. It's, well, yeah, it is going. It hasn't gone. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got people that are claiming to be libertarians nowadays who are basically within the, the typical political structure. They're a Republican or a Democrat, but they want to define themselves a little more uh, differently than the average Republican or Democrat. So they'll claim to be, well, I'm libertarian on that issue, when they're not even really even taking a libertarian position, or I'm more of a civil libertarian. I'll take I'm libertarian on that issue because it means that uh, you're for freedom. Um, you it know, doesn't always, though. But if you, if you can uh, you know, say, ah, well, I'm glad you're for freedom on that issue, and then you go into whatever it is you're going to say. Yeah, I've even seen situations where that person who says I'm libertarian on that issue is actually made to look bad by the others, almost like it's planned or staged. Hmm. Could be. As in uh, planned to debase it, it even further? Yes. In other term? words, ma making it, uh, framing the whole situation as if their libertarian stance on it is, is stupid or it's, uh, it's, it's not appropriate for that situation. Have you s witnessed much of that? I, I'm sure it happens. Yeah. 
Yeah, but with people like uh, like various different talk show hosts out there that that claim up and down that oh well I'm you know I'm kind of a libertarian at heart. And then they go on to advocate bombing people all around the world. So obviously not in soul, just in heart. Right. Exactly. So what other thoughts do you have for us tonight, Keith? Well, I was actually curious. Uh, are you guys familiar with the Missouri Information Analysis Center? I yes. guess a recent report actually labeled liberty, liberty activists, Ron Paul supporters, and libertarians as uh, domestic terrorists or right. militias. It's the same stuff that's been going on for a long time. Uh, somebody trotted out a report from some federal government agency from like 1998 that basically did the exact same thing. Uh, they love to just lump all of the liberty-minded people in together with bigots. That's one of the things they did yep. very effectively in this report, was made us all look like a bunch of you know white separatists, which is, of course, absolutely not the case. There's As anybody al- who's at the Liberty Forum knows. There's also a, a, a video, a training video from FEMA from July of 2001, where the instructor was basically telling everyone that the founding fathers were terrorists. Have you seen that one? Right, and if you find no, somebody, I- if you find somebody with a constitution, look out. That yeah, kind watch of thing. out. They could be a terrorist. Right. Yeah. A person with a constitution of the United States of America could be a terrorist. Or if you just start talking about I mean, the constitution. who's a terrorist now? If, yeah. if, you're, <laughs> if you're looking out for people with constitutions and thinking that they're terrorists, who might be the terrorists? The inmates are running the prison. That's what's happening. No doubt about it. Keith, thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Eric is in the Ukraine. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Eric? Hello? You're on the air, sir. Hello. Wow, amazing. It's really amazing. I just called you. For the first time here um, ever from Kiev Welcome. on my um, can you hear me yeah, yeah. Yes. sounds great very well okay great great um, it's the first time I've called um, I've been using this uh, Yahoo phone for a long time but um, I've, I've listened to Alex Jones and everything for the last like maybe two years my <laughs> wife she's going crazy um, because that's all she hears and I just what happened to me let me just very quick story. I moved to Germany in 1990, uh, then in 1995 to the States, and I kind of saw how everybody was becoming paranoid. And I lived in, in Europe. It's so great over there. It's so free. And then I moved to Prague in 2000, and now I live in Kiev. I've lived here for, since 2004. And there's so much more freedom over here. When you I mean, say that, what do you mean? Prague, by, when you say there's more freedom in the Ukraine, what do you mean? You're comparing to the United just States, Ukraine, all of Eastern Europe, even Europe. Give I mean, me an I idea. Really Give me some like some tangible examples thing. of what you mean. Well, um, for example, uh, the police don't even look at you. Um, I've been stopped all, when I lived in the states. The police will stop you because they look at your car, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't know, geez, it's just so strange because I, I had a lot of things to say and you answered so quick. It was like mm-hmm. I called and two minutes later I'm talking to you. Um, uh, well, we I can put you back here. on hold if it'll make you feel better. <laughs> you can collect your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me some questions. Okay, well, Why one of them was here? differences. I mean, you said the cops don't look at you over there, that they're not as Okay, what suspicious? about bribery? Okay, the, fir- the first time I got to Prague was in... T- I was. I was actually living in Germany. I went to Prague in um, 1990 with my mom. We drove in there. The first thing, they, the police stopped us and asked us for 12 Deutschmarks. And, and I thought that was bad. But then I moved to uh, uh, Prague in 2000. And so many times I got stopped from friends. 
uh, with friends in the car. Now we are going to put you back on hold. We'll find out the rest of your story here in moments about the cops. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. You dial toll-free 800-259-9231. He says that Eastern Europe is more free than the United States. We'll find out more. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com for all of that, and all of that includes archives, so you get an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience, all at freetalklive.com. The 57th running of America's legendary sports car classic runs Saturday, March the 21st at Sebring International Raceway. The Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida, features the fastest race cars in the world. <laughs> Gates open Wednesday, March the 18th. Started today. That's today. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's, open. it's open now, and this is the last time we're reading it. <laughs> if you, you want to go see this really fun event that I had a great time at, I recommend, uh, I recommend it if you're anywhere in the, the Florida area. Uh, it's you said it was like the biggest party you'd ever seen. I mean, it was just it crazy. It really, really, really was. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that infield is insane. Now, I've never been to a NASCAR race or anything like that, so I don't have a, a frame of reference, but it was really something. It's, yeah, uh, I've never been The either. big event's uh, Saturday. It's the 12 Hours of Sebring, and you can get uh, ticket information by visiting SebringRaceway.com. That's SebringRaceway.com. I remember when you were telling me about how just crazy it was. It, it made me want to go. I never had ever wanted to go to a race in my whole life. Right. And, I, I, you know, I'm not a race fan. Believe yeah. me. I don't even know. Who, I didn't know who was winning most of the time because the the cars are you know it's this huge I, I don't know five mile long track. I don't even know how long this track is. Mm. It's long, and uh, the cars are several laps ahead of others. I had no yeah. idea, but I had a darn, darn good, good time. time. I those, remember that the rest of my life. And those scantily dressed female NASCAR type fans just jumping up and down with not much on. You were there. No, but I've, I can imagine. All right, we continue. Eric is in the Ukraine. He was telling us a few moments ago that, in his opinion, from his observations, the Eastern Europe region is more free than the United States. You're giving us some examples. Uh, we kind of had to interrupt your story to go to the break there. So, Eric, if you will continue, you had told us, number one, yeah. that the police are just... They just act differently. They don't suspect people for driving beat-up cars and things like that. And you'd mentioned that the first time you went into uh, to Prague, that they they asked Prague. you for twelve Prague. They asked you for twelve bucks, and you gave yeah. it to them. Well, that was that was the beginning of my experience because I live in uh, America. I'm from San Francisco, and um, I met this nice German girl, and she invited me over to uh, uh, Bavaria. So I went there to Germany, and uh, what. What, see, I, I lived in Germany and I was in Prague. We went to Prague. My mom came to visit me and we went to Prague and they uh, immediately asked us for 12 Deutschmarks, about eight bucks, right? Just, they just lined up the cars and it, I, I thought, that's bribery. That's bad. You know what? That's really shit. Oh, and I'm then, sorry. We later. can't let you get away with that. Thank you for the call and thank you for that. I, now, that's actually the first time we get to try the dump box out. Yeah, so. I, I have no idea of knowing if the the board operator actually ended up hitting the dump. I wonder how we'll be able to to uh, to confirm that. I, I guess he can just shoot me an instant message. But uh, yep, can't do that. Uh, I don't know if you can do that on European radio. Maybe you can. It's certainly possible. 
They're a little it's more free liberal over there. Right? Well, they're, well, now they're a little more liberal about such social things over there. I yeah. mean, they've got sex on television at, at nighttime in in a way that you know Americans could only imagine, uh, from what I understand. I've never actually been there to uh, to see that myself. Uh, and you know, I uh, Estonia has been being lauded for how the, how well they've been doing since breaking apart from the old Soviet Union. I mean, the, the former Soviet states are having a variety of different experiences, and Estonia is doing the best. I think they they slashed their income tax, was it? They, they did slash some taxes there in Estonia, and it really did a lot to uh, to spur economic growth. And yeah. so I think that there are some real – there is some real truth to, the, uh, to his claims. The other thing is, about a month and a half ago, Vladimir Putin made a speech. I think it was in Switzerland, and um, at uh, what's the uh, I forgot the name of the city they all meet in. But he basically chastised the Western countries for moving more towards socialism. He says, "Didn't you learn anything from the Soviet Union?" He said, "You should be going back towards free enterprise." What are you thinking about? And I thought that was pretty interesting that somebody who is a former KGB head is telling the West that they better you know smarten up. While we're talking about international issues, Wayne, you brought something in tonight about Madagascar, which uh, was, of course, a very fairly large island nation down in uh, down in Africa. Yeah, about 20 million people there. There, uh, I guess, there's a lot of anti-government protests going on there, and the troops have defied orders to put down the opposition protests. Uh, about two Sundays ago, the depth of the crisis at the level of social discontent in Madagascar directly affected a group of soldiers of the Army Corps of Personnel and Administrative and Technical Services who had been ordered to move against protesters on the streets. The soldiers refused to obey the orders to fire on the people and repress anti-government demonstrators. That's great. Yeah, following this, they then declared they would not obey the government's order. Wow. As one rebel soldier stated, we no longer take orders from our, our hierarchy. We are following our hearts. We were trained to protect the property and citizens of, of the people. I'm sorry, we had the property and citizens, not to fire at people. We are with the people. Hmm. The soldiers at the camp, uh, Camp Capset military camp on the outskirts of the capital of Madagascar, prepared their what lines of defense. What is the capital of, of Madagascar? Uh, it's called Anantaravivo. It's, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I didn't want to. <laughs> I skipped over it because I didn't feel like trying to pronounce <laughs> that stupid thing. Pre- prepared their lines of defense as they were expecting an attack on the part of the presidential guard. Uh, these dramatic events remind us of uh, Bertolt uh, Brecht's poem, General, Your Tank is a Powerful Vehicle, which goes like this It smashes down forests and crushes a hundred men, but it has one defect. Needs a driver. General, your mm. bomber is powerful. It flies faster than a storm and carries more than an elephant, but it has one defect. It needs a mechanic. General, man is very useful. He can fly and he can kill, but he has one defect. He can think. These soldiers in Madagascar... They're working on uh, re- remedying those problems. <laughs> You're right, but they still need somebody to, to program them and That's true. fix them. Uh, these, these soldiers in Madagascar are being forced to think by events. As they say, they were trained to defend the people, not shoot on them. Now they they face the wrath of the ruling class and its officer caste. Well, I say this bodes well. Uh, I mean, I don't know how heavy the indoctrination is there in Madagascar, but if the Madagascarian troops can refuse to follow bad orders... Hopefully we'll see that when it gets bad enough here in this country when, as we know, the U.S. military has been ordered to send, was it 20,000 or 30,000 troops into the United States? So 
uh, troops that have been battle-hardened over in Iraq are coming to the United States for a tour of duty, and they... They will be putting them into the streets. In fact, I've got a story that ties in to the troops actually being in the streets here. They're going to be ordered to do things, and some of them may be very, very unconstitutional orders. Now, we know that these troops are more than willing to follow unconstitutional orders if it means killing brown people around the world, and I think that's bad, and certainly we've talked out against that enough on this show. But there's a demonization process that happens, an indoctrination right, process, yes. where they're the bad people, they're yes. evil. So, And that'll happen when they're, when they're instructed to fire on Americans, and they may be instructed to fire on those evil, uh, those evil liberty-loving Americans toting around their constitutions. Terrorists. These, right. These people are trying to overthrow the government, so we need to put a stop to it. I think there are going to be some, tr- uh, some soldiers who do follow these orders, these unconstitutional orders, because we did see after Hurricane Katrina, when the National Guardsmen were going around, they were confiscating firearms from people. Now, that's not firing on people, but it is obviously violating the Constitution, and they should know better than that, but they don't. I don't think they teach the Constitution uh, to these guys when they go into the military. So they swear to it, but they don't really know what they're swearing to. If they to. do teach it, they teach it in the manner that they choose to teach it. Yeah, and so I, th- I think this is good news, Wayne. And that it bodes well for troops having the ability to say no and to refuse to do terrible things to their own people. I hope that we have the same fortune. I hope we have the same luck here in the United States. I I feel kind of negatively about the, the situation here just because the indoctrination is just so complete and so effective. Um, and these guys do want to get their paychecks. For now. Know. For now, though. Yeah. Maybe it will. Maybe they will back down at the, uh, at the the correct hour, and we can avoid a bloodbath. Because I hope that we can do everything we possibly can to avoid violence on these guys' parts. I agree. Now there is again news about the U.S. Army being in the streets of Alabama. Apparently, they're now investigating themselves to see why that happened. The the army is claiming they don't know how troops ended up in the streets of Fort Rucker, Alabama, but or rather Samson, excuse me, from Fort Rucker. Uh, into the town of Sampson, Alabama, during a murder spree. We will come back and explain that to you here in moments. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Ian Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And uh, also need to tell you that if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show what we do is we buy things like advertising, like in Talkers Magazine. We have a half-page ad that we purchase every uh, month or so, and that helps brand us to the people in the radio industry. We'll be going to Talkers New Media Seminar this uh, this year, which is a convention they have once a year in New York City. And, in fact, uh, there are plans in the works to have Free Talk Live purchase the sponsorship for the name badges, which is the first time we've ever done any sort of sponsoring of the event. I probably could have afforded it last year with the amount that we had for AMP last year, but I didn't feel quite comfortable with it, so I put it off, and uh, this year I talked to the guys over at Talkers, and we're going to do it. And, it's and that, that means that our uh, that Free Talk Live and the the website, pd.freetalklive.com, is going to appear on every name badge that everyone is going to wear around the whole time right next to their names. So, All the big 
big shots, everybody will see Free Talk Live. And right, the, that big, the means... big shots in the, in, in the industry, the ones that would normally right. be buying this name tag sponsorship, now it's our name there. Yeah, exactly. So it really shows, essentially, it, this is not going to result in people banging down our door to add the show, but what it will do is it will show credibility. It will yep. show that Free Talk Live has made it. You know, we are now big enough to where we can afford, it's not cheap, uh, to where we can afford to buy these name badge sponsorships. And it's essentially, it's basically just us flashing how successful we are at this uh, at this particular event. After all, freedom sells. It's selling to you guys, and it's because of the amplifiers that we can do these things. It's because of the amplifiers that we can even attend these uh, these forums, that we can attend these conventions, and it's because of the amplifiers that we can afford to do this kind of industry advertising that really helps raise the level of recognition that Free Talk Live gets. And I I've talked to Michael Harrison from Talkers Magazine, and he's ta- he's told me that I'll have another speaking role in this year's event. They brought me in for a panel discussion last year. I don't know what he has in mind this time out. I don't know if it's going to be both of us or just me. But, uh, oh, I suspect it'll be just you. I don't know. Uh, maybe they'll put me in the, the, uh, the, the talk radio rumble. That would be a lot of fun. Rumble! He knows I want that. <laughs> yeah. We'll have, we have to put some weight on you and get you in the gym for a few weeks. Oh, no, they just sit down at a table and it's like a panel discussion, but with a bunch of talk show hosts. Can and you man, imagine me and man being in that? swallows the mic. <laughs> oh, man cow? Yeah. 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 Say, shave your head. So that'll be uh, that'll be. A, I usually do cut my hair before I go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that could be a lot of fun, and it's all because of the amplifier. So if you want to help us out, if you want to help Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for as little as three bucks a month, and we will reinvest that money back into the show. Plus, there are you know alternative payment options if you don't have a credit card or something like that. The usual way to do it is with credit card or PayPal. But there are some other ways to do thing uh, to get money to us. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board. Get perks like access to the AMP only call in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Plus, coming up after the show tonight, uh, we are going to, if you're listening to the internet stream at freetalklive.com, you'll hear a bonus segment. I think we've got an interview to do, and we may take some phone calls as well. So, we're going to do an extended edition internet only tonight after the program. And uh, it, well, it's not internet only, it's going to go to the podcast too. I guess that's, that's be... internet only. Okay. 1 800 259 9231. As we continue here, the story is from CNSnews.com. Uh, CNS the U.S. Army has now launched an inquiry into how and why active duty troops from Fort Rucker, Alabama came to be placed on the streets of Sampson, Alabama during last week's murder spree in that tiny South Alabama community. The use of the troops was a possible violation of federal law. According to the spokesman for U.S. Army Training, he says on March 10th, after a report of an apparent mass murder in Sampson, 22 military police soldiers from Fort Rucker, along with a provost marshal, don't know what that is, were sent to the city of Sampson. And the purpose for sending the military police, the authority for doing so, and what duties they performed is the subject of an ongoing commander's inquiry directed by the commanding general of the U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command. In addition to determining the facts, this inquiry will also determine whether law, regulation, and policy were followed. Until those facts are determined, it would be inappropriate to speculate or comment further. And I wonder what they're going to find out, because didn't they basically get rid of Posse Comitatus with the Military Commissions Act Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. That was the first thing that I thought. Supposedly when... it was gutted, but if it was gutted, maybe there's still a little bit of a skeleton Something's left. intact, do you think? Who knows? But I don't in, know. in principle, it's all wrong anyway, as you know. Well, well, it'll be interesting to see if this comes back. And I don't know, if we, if we miss the story and we don't update you on it, call us on it and let us know. 
But uh, it'll be interesting to see if this comes back and the Army says, well, we reviewed what happened in uh, Fort whatever it was, Sampson, Sampson, Alabama, and uh, looks like everything was by the book. Uh, there's no more posse comitatus. Uh, we were worried there for a moment, but it looks like everything's okay with having troops in the streets. So this could be the first kind of testing the waters. Okay, we've put them out there. Let's check this now after the fact and see if it was legal. And they'll come back probably and say it was. That's my produ- prediction, at the least. provost marshal is the officer and the armed forces is in charge of the military police. And they probably also want to see what the public reaction is, too. Sure, exactly. Testing the waters, and then they'll do it again if they get away with it this time. A little little farther or a lot farther. Before you know it, they'll be setting up uh, military checkpoints. I mean, these guys are literally in the street. There's a picture in the story here. They're standing in the road. Hey, you feel like you're in South America or something. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Europe, too. I've been there. They have, uh, you know, military guys in the streets. Oh, yeah. And you were talking about uh, the guy who was calling earlier was saying that uh, the the guy calling earlier was saying Europe was so much more free than the United States. And then during the break, one of you guys was talking about how Europe is looking at mandating the size of vegetables uh, being grown. Well, the European Union. And actually, he did give a disclaimer about the EU. He didn't like the EU either. Oh, really? But he's in Eastern Europe. That's different. Are they in the European Union? uh, I don't think think that the the country that he is is, but even if they were... The Ukraine? Yeah, Ukraine. I don't think they're a member of the EU. Yeah. But the oh, EU, all the EU nations are using the euro, and and the EU bureaucrats are totally out of control. They're they're legislating every other week on some stupid thing like trying to uh, uh, regulate the amount of salt in German and salt bread and the size and shape of fruits and vegetables. And now they've just banned the use of Miss and Misses in sportsmen oh, and that statesmen was what it was. Uh, because they say that the the names are sexist, so you can't use those names anymore. In what context can you not use them? That's at all. They, period? They're saying you can't use them by leaders of the European Union because they... By not, leaders? They, so if you're a, a government official, you cannot use those? Evidently, they're saying because they're not politically correct. And I you, see. You can't use them. So that's telling me that if, it starts there, of course, and then that's how the brainwashing begins. Even the word... Uh, and one politician, actually, uh, who's opposed to it, said that pretty soon you won't be able to use the ma- word man or woman anymore. Who knows? It's crazy. So, uh, so yes, according to uh, Bile from blogabile.com, they did repeal the Posse Comitatus Act. Yes. And that's probably what they're going to find out. These, uh, these bureaucrats that put the troops out into the streets, maybe they knew that, maybe they didn't. They're pretending like they, oh, well, how did this happen? How did these troops get out of the streets? We better investigate this. Uh, what will they end up finding out? Only time will tell. Jim Strominger, a dispatcher at the Samson Police Department, confirmed the MP's presence in the town, telling CNSNews.com that the troops came in to help with traffic control and to secure the crime scene. And the department was glad for the help. Of course they are. Of course. What government bureaucracy is going to talk out against the military? What what sheriff? I mean, there may be a handful of them out there, maybe the more liberty-oriented ones, but uh, what sheriff is going to, to, to turn down extra troops that he doesn't have to pay for. Well, it all, it all ends up leading to a national police force. Strominger said, we were getting a lot of calls. They weren't here to police. Let me make that clear. They were here to help with traffic and to control the, trim, uh, the crime scene so people wouldn't trample all over That's it. That's not policing? 
Strominger said the town needed help. Calls had gone out to all the police departments in the area. He told CNS News that we only have a five-man police department. We had officers from surrounding areas helping out. There were a lot of streets to be blocked off, and there had to be someone physically there to block them off. That's what these MPs were doing. I don't think they were even armed. The troops helped keep no, uh, nosy people away. But Strominger said it wasn't the Samson Police Department that called for the troops. He says, I don't know who called Fort Rucker, but someone did. They wouldn't have been able to come if someone hadn't. The troops were apparently not deployed by request of the Alabama governor or by the request of President Obama, as allegedly required by law. When contacted by CNS News, the governor's office could not confirm that the governor had requested help from the Army, and the spokesman expressed surprise when he was told the troops were sent to the town. Uh, wrongful use of federal troops inside U.S. borders is a violation of several federal laws, including one known as the Posse Comitatus Act. Which we're being isn't told, a federal law. Right, we're being told that was repealed. Whoever, except in cases and under circumstances expressly authorized by the Constitution or Act of Congress, willfully uses any part of the Army or Air Force as a posse comitatus or otherwise to execute the law shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than two years or both. That's what the law states. But again, as as the claim is here, that law doesn't exist anymore. So if it does exist and it's still being enforced, then someone should be brought up on charges. But if not, then this is the first of many times we will begin to see American troops occupying American streets. Prepare for more of this. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Your calls are what the show's all about. Otherwise, we'll talk about things interesting to us. And I want to point out that uh, I misunderstood what Bile was trying to communicate to me a few moments ago. So... Hopefully those who heard that are still listening, because apparently we are talking about uh, the troops that were in the streets in Alabama just recently, actually, in a little place called Samson, Alabama. Twenty-two military police uh, members from Fort Rucker were sent out to help with traffic control and uh, a couple of other things. They claim that they weren't even armed, but the, the the photograph here is not close enough to really be able to reveal that, uh, whether that was true or not. But we had uh, made the incorrect claim, apparently, that the Posse Comitatus Act was repealed. And according to Bile, what happened was they changed the Posse Comitatus Act in the National Defense Authorization Act for 2007, but those changes were repealed in 2008. So according to blogabile.com, according to Bile from that website, he says that apparently the old Posse Comitatus and Insurrection Act restrictions are still in effect. So if that's true, then what these soldiers did was against their own rules. And whoever it was that sent them there is in violation of the Posse Comitatus Act. Which so says they're going to be, prison? They'll be supposed to be, uh, supposedly be fined or imprisoned. Find, uh, fined. They'll be fined. So yeah. the taxpayers will pay for their mistake? 
Probably. I don't know. I guess if it's them, they're paying it out of their paycheck, that's still the taxpayers. Seems paying very for it. unlikely to me that it's coming out of their paycheck. It sounds to me like you know this is something done in the act of in the act of their position and you know what you know, what they do for you know what they're doing for works and they're working for the government, so therefore the government's going to be finding itself. It's it's a pretty serious. It happens offense, all the time, though. If it if it's illegal, this is pretty serious. Couldn't there be a court martial involved? I have no idea if they'll do anything about this. I mean, is there an obligation for somebody to pro- to press charges here? It's it says that yeah, it does say they shall be fined under the title. It doesn't actually say here, and I'm not obviously don't have the full law in front of me, but it doesn't say how much they'll be fined. Maybe it's a five dollar fine. I mean, this was written back in the 1800s, right? When did when was the last time they updated the uh, the numbers? I mean, if they're if, presuming there are numbers in the Insurrection Act or the Posse Comitatus Act, when was the last time they went and said, "Okay, we need to change these because this could be a problem today"? You know, it it could be like you know, twenty cents <laughs> or something like that. Could be. Uh, but David, let me continue the story here because it's interesting. CNSNews.com reporting on these troops that were actually used. In the streets of America, and David Ritger's legal policy analyst at Cato, Cato Institute, says there are other laws barring the use of federal troops outside of federal property as well. Uh, Title 18, Section 375 of the U.S. Code is a direct restriction on military personnel, and it basically precludes any member of the Army in participating in a search, seizure, arrest, or other similar activity unless participation is otherwise authorized by law. He said that the security of a crime scene is something I think that would roll up in the category of a search, seizure, or other activity. In addition, there's the Insurrection Act of 1808, and uh, under which the president can authorize troops to restore order and enforce laws of the United States during an insurrection. Whenever there's an insurrection in any state against its government, the president may, upon the request of the legislature or of the governor, if the legislature cannot be convened, call into federal service such of the militia of the other states in the number requested by that state and use the armed forces as he considers necessary to suppress the insurrection. Now, what is an insurrection? How do you define that? Whatever they say. Is it a bunch of angry people yelling about how they've had enough of paying taxes? Is that an is that an insurrection? What is the you know, so clearly there? This is not you know this is not ironclad. Clearly there are enough holes, enough loopholes that they can work work through. They could claim, well, this is a mass murder in Sampson, Alabama. That's an insurrection, and that might be enough for them to get the authorization they need to do this. But let's presume. Let's presume that uh, that that this was illegal. Let's say that they do their investigation and they come to the conclusion that somebody broke the law and they get fined and they say, all right, we're never going to do this again. We're so sorry. We really made a mistake this time. Let's say that that's pretty much the best of scenarios, right? I would say. Let's say that happens. Well, will the Posse Comitatus Act apply to the new National Service Program? No. I would if they're Certainly supposed not. to be domestic. That's their whole purpose. So that probably not right. It was written 130 or whatever years before the new domestic national service program. I mean, Obama said that he wants to have a national service program that's as big, big and as powerful, powerful and as well funded and as well funded as the military. But it won't be the military. It'll be a new program, and there will be no rules to apply to it, except for the Constitution. And we all know that the Constitution doesn't apply anymore, because they just don't care about it. So that well, could be it, their workaround. They give it plenty of lip service when it's politically expedient. Oh, sure. But that's, that's my prediction. I think that'll be their workaround. If they find that the troops in the streets was wrong, and that that shouldn't be done, okay, fine. 
No troops in the streets, although they can always pass legislation to repeal posse comitatus. They can always change their own rules. That's no problem for them. So they could take that route. Or they could just say, okay, fine, well, we'll, we'll honor posse comitatus, but we'll build this whole new national service program, force a bunch of people to work into uh, to work in it, and they these will be these new brown shirts will be occupying American streets, checking traffic, checking people's IDs, searching houses, whatever it is that we need them to do, confiscating firearms, whatever it is. I think that's probably going to be uh, an easy workaround for them on this. Just thought I'd share that. They don't obey their own laws anyway, so I'm not too worried about it. No, certainly not. And it doesn't sound like anything significant is going to come out of this. I mean, the Army is investigating itself here. Mm. Oh, yeah, we've got to check this out, make sure everything, all the, the, uh, the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted. And I'm sure they'll do a thorough, thorough job and really hold themselves accountable. Like all the police department investigations of themselves. Oh, wait, no. 99% of the time, they come back with the results of everything's fine. It's yeah. by the book. If the Army's investigating itself, then who uh, levies the fine against whom? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So 1-800-259-9231. Is this the first of many instances that we will see with American troops occupying American streets? I say probably. I hope not. Well, it's not really even the first. I mean, as we talked last hour, after Hurricane Katrina, National Guardsmen were in the, tr- uh, in the streets in camouflage, going house to house, right. confiscating firearms. They, were, they had guns. They weren't, uh, yeah. they, they weren't out there saving people in hurricanes. Remember that there was a clip that we played. We actually played the part of the interview on the air where one of these kids, probably no older than 18 or 19 years old, was asked if he would shoot an American. And he basically responded that, yeah, he would. I sure don't want to, but, yeah, I'll cap him right between the eyes. Well, back in the 90s, the Branch Davidian situation, I think, was the first in real ultra-modern times where the military was used against civilians. And that was a big deal back then. They talked about it violating posse comitatus. But what do they do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Here's the answer to your question, by the way, Mark. Uh, According to the story, it's the U.S. Department of Justice that would have prosecuting authority in this case if a violation is deemed to have occurred. The Justice Department did not comment for the story. Well, the army so is investigating. The army is investigating itself as to, to decide whether or not the Justice Department would um, levy a fine against the army. Something like that. Mm. It may be a fine against the individual who made the decision. No, it's not. Have you? I mean, it's it's like you haven't even heard of sovereign immunity, Ian. When has that ever happened? Have you ever heard of a? Tell me. It says the whoever one time whoever shall be fined. Whoever shall they, they, be fined. They talk about these. Uh, yes, yes, I understand. You're talking about a living, breathing, corporeal human being. However, they do refer to uh, corporations and uh, you know as business persons. entities as persons on a so, regular basis. So, who could be considered the army? I, I, I don't see. Yes, I don't yeah. see for a second. I, I have never heard of a public official being fined for his actions unless he's uh, you know unless basically he's committed a crime um, and been put on trial for that. Maybe it'll happen. I just don't believe it. So they're going to use whatever excuses they can to bring as many troops into the streets and as many points in America as possible. Whatever, whether it's a natural disaster, which we've already seen them use them for natural disasters. So that's, you know, that's a that's pretty much a shoe in at this point. Next time there's a hurricane or anything like that, you'll see National Guardsmen in the streets. We know the military's coming uh, to do a tour of uh, tour around the country and 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 essentially actual have real military members in the streets. We know that's happening, and they're going to use as many excuses as possible. In this case, it was a murder. It was a murder spree that brought them in because the excuse was, well, there weren't enough cops in the town. I'm interested so, in this murder spree, too. So we, it was a shooting, a mass shooting, wasn't it? 
Anyway, there's another reason why I think they might do it, because cops are getting too fat. We'll tell you about a fat cop that's getting reinstated in the job here in moments. Uh-oh. This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Talk about anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including, by the way, the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. And get interactive for free. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. Do you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? Privacyharbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential. Guaranteed. Go over there and get a free account today at privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. Privacyharbor.com. Now, we know that police... Departments vary across the country in regards to their level of standards for uh, what, the, what the physical uh, the, the physical form of their officers is. We know that in many departments there are some specifications that are fairly high as far as the bar to get in to the police department. But then once you're in, in a lot of departments there aren't really any standards later on. Once you've once you've made it past that first bar, some then it's, yeah, yeah, in, in a number of departments, then you just you can float. And you can get as fat as you want to get and as out of shape as you as as possible, and you, nothing can happen to you as a result of that. Some departments do have testing, some departments have mandatory testing, and some departments have voluntary testing so there's no real incentive in the ones with the voluntary testing uh, for for the officer who might be getting out of shape to go and have himself voluntarily tested. So I don't know what the breakdown is. I don't know how many departments are one way versus the other. But this is a story that will blow your mind. It's a great example of how a number of departments actually are. Omaha.com reporting where a former Bellevue police officer who was fired for being overweight could be back patrolling the streets in a few months. His name is Christopher Parent. He's 52 years old. The Nebraska Court of Appeals, in an opinion released Tuesday, reversed the Civil Service Commission's decision upholding determination of Mr. Parent. He'd been a member of the police department for more than 25 years, mostly as a detective, but had been reassigned to road patrol. That's not a good sign. Usually when an officer gets reassigned from detective to road patrol, it's a bad, bad thing. Something's up. Uh, but his firing stemmed from his performance on an August 28th combat shooting exercise, which prompted fellow officers to report him to the command staff. Parent was fired in 2007 after an internal investigation determined he had not maintained a high level of physical, mental, and emotional conditioning. That's quite an indictment. It's not just that uh, Parent was a fat boy, he was also messed up in the head. He has, no, he has, a, uh, he has not maintained a high level of physical, mental and emotional conditioning. But apparently, that's all okay, as the uh, the Nebraska Court of Appeals determined. Bellevue Police Lieutenant Mark Elbert has said Parent, whose 2005-issued Nebraska driver's license listed him at five foot nine and 300 pounds, was fired under a... Not cor- small. No, he looks like... I mean, I'm looking at a picture of him here. He looks like Chris Farley. He's, he's that kind of size. A big, big, big guy. Uh, He was fired under a policy that requires officers to be physically fit. However, the court's opinion states that under the Bellevue Police Department policy used to justify his firing, parents satisfied the only objective standard imposed. 
the, the objective standard. Uh, see, now it's, isn't it interesting how the uh, judicial system, when it's well, when it's judging some of its own uh, other government employees, will you know it'll demand objective standards. However, oh, yeah, it's very firm when, on this. When the, the the you know politicians pass laws with subjective standards, nobody cares. The court said he maintained at least a fair level of physical wellness pursuant to the standards contained within the department's wellness program manual. Michael Polk, an attorney representing the city, said that paragraph in the policy has since been removed. It was a policy that was part of an outdated wellness program and was removed because of that, he said. Polk it's said, easy. Just re, you know, redefine the, uh, the, the, the rules, and I don't see any reason. I mean, they're rules. They're not laws. It's not like it, you know, he would be retroactively or grandfathered in or anything like that. Redefine the rules to have a certain uh, body biomass uh, index or body fat uh, you know, percentage or whatever. And I think he may have been grandfathered in, though. I think that if the rules were X at the time when he was hired, then they may have to they may have to stay that way. I don't know. I'm speculating there. Uh, if somebody's in law enforcement wants to comment, 800-259-9231. Polk said that uh, it was standard for officers to self-report by filling out a sheet detailing how they stayed healthy and fit. He said it wasn't something that was even officially audited. Bavarian creams. So these guys, yeah, exactly. They're filling out their own reports and no one's even looking at them. According to this cop, I always get the low calorie donut. The current policy says police officers are called upon to perform a variety of tasks that require physical endurance and agility. This dictates that officers maintain a high level of physical, mental, and emotional conditioning, which can only be acquired through regular exercise, proper diet, and utilizing time. The city of Bellevue could let the case go, and parent would be reinstated in a few months, or send the case to the Nebraska Supreme Court for further review, putting parent's job back on the line. Polk said he was disappointed by the decision and unsure what, uh, what avenue the city would take. Parent's termination was reversed on a policy technicality. The reversal is much like when criminal convictions are overturned on legal technicalities. It's ironic that an individual sworn to uphold the law uses a policy technicality to continue to ignore his personal physical condition, like a criminal using a loophole in the law to escape punishment. But this is government bureaucracy, where the rules of the regular world just don't apply. In your business, now look. I'm exempting the fact that there are a lot of restrictive rules that control how an individual can be fired from your business. But in theory, in a private business, you should be able to fire somebody for whatever reason you like. Right. It's a relationship. And you shouldn't, there shouldn't be any restrictions put by the government as to why you are in a relationship. You should decide. Can the employee quit for any reason? Have you ever heard of yes. an employer, um, have you ever heard of an employer taking an employee to, uh, to court because he quit because, well, there was smoking there and the, well, you have to, you have to deal with the smoking or because there wasn't smoking or whatever reason? Well, no. The employee can quit for any reason, then the employer should be able to quit for any reason. Period. End of story. That's fair. Absolutely. So, But in this case, it's government bureaucracy, and that's when all these rules come in. Normally, the rules aren't followed when it comes to us, but when it comes to their own bureaucrats, man, they, the unions and these bureaucrats, will hold their bureaucracies yep. to the T, the letter of their, of their sets of, of uh, rules. Even though the rules have been changed, he was still able to hold them to, apparently, the old set, that because it said here that they changed the rules since then to require that they have physical endurance and agility and a high level of mental and physical and emotional conditioning but that didn't stop this appeals court from overturning his firing 
Steve Delaney, parents' attorney, says parents excited about the decision and eager to get back to work. He's been a police officer his entire adult life, he said. He's been and and really always working. Yeah, he's always wanted to be a Bellevue police officer and is looking forward to going back. Delaney would not comment on parents' current weight or detail what he's been doing since his termination. I've got two nom, words. Nom, nom, Plumber's crack. <laughs> So what would this guy end up doing? I mean, he doesn't know anything else but being a bureaucrat. He'd have to go out and, you know, get some other kind of work. Of course, he could probably go work for another bureaucracy where he can sit on his butt all day and munch. Get fatter. Uh, but, but isn't this amazing? I mean, just looking at this story gives you some idea of what you're dealing with out there. If we had a private, a market-based policing situation, a, pre- a market-based protection service or services that were competing... Would this be? Would this ever happen? No. This guy wouldn't have a job in the first place. If if he stopped, uh, if he uh, just started letting himself go physically, they would notice that on some sort of yearly review, and he would be he would be demoted or he would be fired if he didn't turn the situation around. But because it's government, no such incentives. More coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Get on the updates list for free by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is offering 12 different seminars this summer in locations across the country, including Chicago, Boston, Berkeley, Philadelphia, D.C., and more. Participation is completely free. Plus, the Institute for Humane Studies will provide housing and meals. So really, there's no excuse uh, to not attend these things. If you are of college age, uh, you should head over to LibertarianSeminars.com. Get registered because the deadline is March 31st. LibertarianSeminars.com. By the way, these, uh, these seminars cover a whole gamut of topics. Everything from career advice, networking opportunities, and lectures relevant to each career path, uh, as well as philosophy. Those who are passionate about liberty are really going to love this. And even those who are new to the ideas of libertarian philosophy. It's all there. at liberty. Good thing to do with your summer vacation. Yeah, absolutely. LibertarianSeminars.com. I imagine you're going to meet some really cool people uh, while you're there as well. So great networking opportunities. And it's free. So we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Seth is on the line in Florida. Seth, you're on Free Talk Live. How you doing, Mark? How you doing, Ian? Hey, I'm Wayne. Sorry. Wayne's Who's here, third? too. What's on your mind, hey, Seth? How you doing, Wade? Hey there, Wayne. Seth. Great to talk Go to ahead. you guys. Mark, I emailed you earlier today uh, about the, the event that we're throwing down here in Orlando called Bailout of Palooza. Um, we're tailgating uh, one of the so-called tea parties and, you know, advertising. Uh, if you want to get some real education, come to our show, and it's going to be a hell of a lot more a good fun. good idea. Because we're having it at a brewery, the, uh, the Orlando uh, Brewing Company. I don't know if you've heard of it, Mark. Nope. Um, uh, but it's a great little place. It's got some organically uh, uh, brewed uh, beer. So what are and, you going uh, to be doing exactly? We're going to have speakers there uh, talking about, uh, you know, the gross injustices going on, you know, with all this spendulous, uh, scamulous uh, bills and, uh, you know, bailout uh, follies, you know, just the, just the whole mess that we're in in general. And, and so we have some expert speakers on the subject, uh, some economists. 
And uh, <clears throat> also, uh, there's going to be some bands that are playing, too. So we kind of want to try to make it a fun festival and try to sneak in some uh, education at the same time, you know, but not put people to sleep. I think that's a good approach. I think that uh, people getting together and getting excited and having a good time while learning is, uh, is it's, I think it's a great approach. I hope you yeah. have success with it. How, how can people find out more? Um, they can go to bailoutapalooza.com. That's cute. Bailoutapalooza.com. So yeah, are you planning being, on doing, are you planning on just, just being a one-off kind of thing or as more no, bailouts I, well, happen, it's, doing it's, it again? It's going to start off as, as a one-off at first, but I, I'd like to do a festival each year until I move my ass up there. My, oh, pardon me. That's <laughs> okay. My, you my, butt, my, <laughs> my butt up there myself. Just uh, you just can't use that term in a sexually uh, connotated manner. You you can't use that term in a... Uh, right, uh, no, I met my donkey. Well, you know, as right. soon as I moved my donkey up there, Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, hey, that's great. You know, this is also sounds like it'd be a great opportunity. Somebody mentioned today there's all these uh, th- these protests that are going on, these teabag protests, which I I think are kind of lame personally yeah. because they're not really doing anything but making themselves feel good. But that's what protests are, uh, yep. and th- you know it is what it is, right? And and right. the reality is people are coming to them. You know, there were four thousand people at a recent one of one of these recent Tea Party protests. That's a significant oh, yeah. turnout. These people are angry. They don't know what to do. They think the solution is voting for Republicans. Of course, that's yep. wrong. That's not going to solve the problem. Voting for Democrats is not going to solve it either. Yep, but uh, it's a perfect re- outreach opportunity for Free State Project members. So yep, for those yep. Free Staters that are still in local areas, not in New Hampshire, if you're still where you are uh, th- and you're not in New Hampshire, go to these events, whether it's yep. Bailout of Palooza or one of these Tea Party events. I'm, it's my understanding that April 15th there are going to be a number of these events across the country. Oh, yeah. Free yeah one, staters, of our, one of our members were doing a big tax rally. Absolutely. Free Staters yep. need to go to the Free State Project website, print out some brochures, and hit these events and flyer them. That, that's yep. going to result in more people they finding a, the Free they State have Project. A tri, they have a tri-fold sign-up sheet. You can go there and just sign people up and then uh, send it into the Free State Project and you know they're, they're signed up. That's, wow, an excellent, that's, that's an excellent idea, actually. That's, I didn't even think about that. That's, and, and also, would you guys mind if I promoted your show as well? Oh, oh by yeah, all means. We, we hate that. No, no please. <laughs> uh, promote, go to promote.freetalklive.com. We've got flyers that are pre-made up for you there. It should make okay. it re- pretty easy for you. But this is a great opportunity to, to reach out to these angry masses, because if what There's they do them, is yeah. they show up at this tea party or bailout of Palooza or whatever, and they show up at these places, and they just wave signs around and get angry and uh, talk about how angry they are, well, you know, that's nice. They might might meet some interesting folks and have a good time, but right. if you can take that anger and you can channel it into education, if you can channel, yep. as you're saying, you know, give them something to chew on, something to think yep. about, channel right. it into showing them how it is that Republican versus Democrat is not the solution and that the solution is true liberty and, and use this as an opportunity when, when they're angry to uh, to perhaps open up their mind to some other alternative options as to how to uh, to solve these problems. Yep. Yep. I think it's a great opportunity for people to go out there. But I live in New Hampshire, so I can't really go out and do these things. So that's why it's important for people like you to be doing this. And as the organizer of the event, uh, you're in a perfect position to really to really spin this toward liberty and the, and the Free State Project as a solution. Absolutely. I definitely plan on doing that and uh yeah yeah it's, it's going to be a lot of fun and, and so anyone uh, <clears throat> within hearing distance uh, and, and within you know even if you want to come from out of state everybody's welcome to come to this event it's going to be a lot of fun great and uh yeah we're going to have some uh, free, that's a great idea have some uh, fsp sign-up sheets cool. I'm, a re- I'm a registered member myself by thank the way. you Just- thank you for that and you know what if you haven't met up with the local group there may be one there in orlando i mean orlando's a oh. big enough metro 
to where there's likely a handful of other free staters there, what you can do, and this applies to everybody who's a Free State Project member, go to the Free State Project website, get in touch with the membership people. I think Seth Hippel is the membership guy there. And basically say, hey, look, you know, I'm wondering, is there a local group? They may have a list of local groups. If there's not one, you can start one. And in order to start one, I know this because I did it down down when I was in Sarasota. Basically, what you do is you go to the Free State Project and say, I want to start a local group. And they'll say, okay, well, here, we're going to give you this database. And it's a database basically of Orange County or whatever it is. What's the county where Orlando? Orange County. County? Orange County. It probably includes Sanford. You'll get Orange County. You'll get some of the surrounding counties. You get all mm-hmm. the the names and addresses and and whatever contact info they have for those people. And you have to you know you have to swear that you'll only use it to create the local group and you won't be marketing to these folks. Sure. Uh, but right. uh, but basically you then put the local group together. And what I did was I contacted each and every person on that list and I said, hey, we're going to meet up and and yeah, probably half the list was dead phone numbers and people had moved. But mm-hmm. but I did find a number of people that were interested in getting together. And so that might be something you want to do before this. Uh, this happens. When's the event scheduled? Yeah, I'm running out of time. It's this. It's this weekend. Okay. This well, yeah, it's, that's pretty <laughs> close. But yeah. but as you say, you're probably going to do it again. We're going to do it again so, for sure. Yeah, we're going to try to do something almost every month actually. And I really want to try to encourage some people to do some civil disobedience even down here. Wow. To be honest with you. Well, that yeah. would be awesome. I don't know what you have in mind. I mean, what kind? Uh, of... Um. Well, uh, you know, some uh, bur- well, burning some uh, car- social security cards or UN flags or. Uh, you know, burning the U.S. flag. I saw the one guy doing oh, that, you know. Burning some um, marijuana. I, I don't think that open, burning U.S. flags the... really does any good for anybody. I think you should avoid that one. <laughs> I know. But, you know, the more and more I think about the whole notion of a country and of a, and just of a state in general, and, and I've even, like, started thinking about the, even the act of voting and how when you vote, when you, when you guys are saying about how that's actually applying force upon someone else. I wasn't that, saying that. We didn't say that. Oh, no. There was a caller who was suggesting that. I do not believe that to be true unless you're voting to apply force to someone. If you're right. voting for somebody who is a pro-liberty individual who has yeah, signed a, yeah, an that's oath. The one, that's the one exception that I was going to make. Yeah, yes, okay. it, unless it's like a voluntarist that you're voting for or something like that. Or right. You can vote on yeah, issues. Then. Many, um, you know, they, when, In Florida, when, they, when you go and vote, and you have to vote on the amendments to the Constitution, which is like right. the, the speed rail. Thing. The speed rail thing in Florida. Yeah, Remember that train. one? Yep, yeah, 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 right, right, yep, yep. We voted that down, and they're still trying to do it, of course. You voted it out first. They just raised our toll rates here on, on the uh, on the 408 and the uh, 417, and you know, on all the all the toll roads here, so, and uh, they so just ignored us. Get in touch with those free staters because they're likely a lot of them that are just dormant. They've probably been. Uh, and what I found was the free staters generally were not active uh, at that point. But if you give them something to do, you give them something to show up at, they'll probably get excited by that. So take a oh, look yeah. at that as an option. It'll help you at, at least get maybe a handful of uh, volunteers to help you with your event. Yeah, yeah. And good right. luck. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, thanks for the call, the, dude. The great, the great uh, stuff that you all do, and uh, look forward to uh, meeting up with you someday. Thank you, for sir, sure. and thanks in advance for promoting Free Talk Live at your event. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's people like him. Those are the doers that are coming to the Free State Project. Those are the people that are going to be making and are making the difference here in New Hampshire. Looking forward to having more people like him coming up here and self-organizing, self-starting, not waiting for someone else to figure out what to do. He's gone and created something, and now he's inviting other people to participate in it. We need more of that in this movement. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your calls about whatever you want will slip you in here in the remaining moments of the show. This is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now. 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Try to sneak you in here uh, in the remaining moments. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, as we mentioned to Seth there in Florida... One of the things you can do is help promote us. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a whole list of things you can do. Most of them are completely free or very, very low cost to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the country and around the world, bringing more people to the ideas of freedom. So whatever opportunities you have to promote Free Talk Live, promote.freetalklive.com will help you do it with free graphics and flyers and stuff like that. So... We continue with your calls. Tony is on the line in Ohio. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. How are you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight, Tony? Uh, I just wanted to mention a few things. Uh, uh, one off the top of my head is uh, I wanted to tell your viewers I don't, or your listeners, I don't, I don't know if the, they hear of this a lot. I live in a town. I'll, I'll tell you the name of it uh, through an email or something. I don't want to promote any criminals to move here, but we don't have police. Sweet. We don't have police in uh, the town that I live in either. That's awesome. But uh, you have... Sheriffs and you have, uh, you know, things like that, right? State police. State police. Oh, of course. The highway patrol ventures into our small town areas on dirt roads somehow and, you know, overstep their authority uh, at any occasion that they feel like. But we rarely see them. Yeah. What about uh, the county sheriff? We don't see them much either. I mean, unless you call for them, you know what I mean? Like, people have called the sheriff, like, domestic violence and stuff. But for the most part, if I don't see any police cars. Yeah, it'd be nice if a local um, police department would see it the same way as the the sheriff department does. You know, it, it, that's the same way it is as it is in my town, and uh, you know, they just they don't show up unless they're called. And if they're called, it would be for you know something criminal having occurred. And the the majority of the things that go on in my rural town, or you know, maybe a dog kills a chicken or something like that. <laughs> you know, that nothing that can't be nothing that can't be handled among people. Exactly. It's the same here. I, I live in a really, really small town also, and it, like you said, the crime is you know minor theft at, at best. You don't hear of a lot of assaults. You don't hear of a lot of uh, outright robberies or you know stuff like that. So what uh, else were you calling? Were you calling about that tonight or something? Uh, that was one thing. Another thing was uh, I had sent an email and I was uh, wanting to make a comment on a, a previous show you guys had done. Uh, you were talking about rights and whether they existed or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, I wanted to make the argument that. Uh, uh, I, I believe that they are inalienable, not because the document tells me so or because I have any specific uh, religious belief, but just because I believe that they are. And, I, and I'll give you a reason uh, for this way of my point of view. Okay. Uh, um, basically, if if you look at rights the way I do, they can only be aggressed against. That no, the argument you guys were putting kind of forth, I felt, was that. Uh, might makes right, and therefore you, you're only, you only have the rights of the most powerful individual and, and their opinion of what rights are. And my argument is that you have rights, they're inalienable, no, no one can take them away from you, they can't be really created or destroyed by anyone, even a space alien with a death ray, I think was the example you guys were using. Uh, they, they can only aggress against your rights. If put in a vacuum, you, you know, your rights would exist and you would have them, and it takes aggression to, to infringe upon those rights, and therefore they do exist. That, well, um, that, only in your mind, I'm afraid. Right. I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been of your opinion in the past, and I would really like to be able to come up with some kind of, uh, you know, to be able to walk myself logically through the steps. However, I, 
you know, to me, rights are an agreement uh, among mm-hmm. people, and I think they're a good agreement and an agreement that we should promote. It's worthy of pursuing, yes, um, absolutely. In the same way that, uh, you know, marriage doesn't exist, however, um, it is a good institution, and you know, it's, it's good for people, and I think that we should... By that I mean men and women living together in an agreement. I don't mean the government uh, sanctioning it. Well, um, men and men can live together, and women and women can live yes, together. Yes, I, I guess that too. Um, however, it's just you know, it's just it's just words that people have uh, you know decided are true. Right. If you're in a vacuum, you don't need rights because there's no one else to interact with. But if it's you and another person, then you have to come to an agreement in order to have rights. Otherwise, you'll just have con- constant conflict uh, with with one another. I absolutely agree. It's voluntary, and it is an agreement. It, both things are, are true because, I mean, otherwise, if you lived in a society like uh, some cities can devolve to at times, uh, when you're walking down the street and everybody that you have to pass on the street, you would have to turn your you know back and look to them to make sure they weren't going to stab you in your back. If you live in a society like that, your rights would be more limited in the agreement you have voluntarily with everyone else. You might not agree to uh, go to such places or to walk around unarmed or what have you. Uh, but the agreement, I st- like, like you're saying, is an agreement, and it is voluntary, but I still believe that it exists. And even if you take it outside of a vacuum and you're talking about a small town, we've agreed upon the right not to have police, not to have people giving us seatbelt tickets that are useless and generating revenue from the very people that, you know what I mean, that they're, they're getting their job from the begin with. Yeah, I see where you're saying. I, I see what you're an saying. An agreement's only an agreement if you get the other guy to agree to it. And right. That's and the yeah. problem is the politicians don't agree. You use the term the inalienable. Cops don't agree. You use you're the right. term inalienable, and it is alienable. I mean, the, the term inalienable says incapable of being surrendered or transferred. Or I, I guess you're saying. Well, I guess what you're saying is even if the someone rights still exist, whether or not it's being violated. I guess yeah. I see where you're coming from. You're saying that even though the government is locking you in a prison cell, that you still have the right because you haven't surrendered it voluntarily. It was uh, inalienable in that you did not surrender it they just took away your freedom from you so you could say that you still have your rights but it's not going to do much to get you out of the jail cell you're right it, and it won't and uh, that's the only point i was trying to make and uh, if you'd give me one more second i yeah. have one more point i'd like sure. to make go ahead uh, you guys were talking about national service um and i'm halfway a proponent of national service although i'm not a proponent of the uh, forced kind of national service or uh, uh, an addition to our military. Uh, I would look at national service in a way, uh, if it's voluntary, that we could re- replace this huge military industrial complex that we have now. But that's not it, what they're doing. I know that. I know that. But I just wanted to say something positive about the concept of, of national service. Well, why would there be anything positive doing. about it? I mean, it, it, replacing the military with another government bureaucracy. I mean, yeah, getting rid of the military would be nice, and bringing those troops home from around the world would be nice. But you're still you're still conflating volunteerism with working for the government, and I think that's kind of dangerous to real volunteering, don't you? I understand what you're saying, but the kind of uh, uh, thing that I'm talking about with national service would be more along your lines of what I think you think of as a, a militia movement, but not the movement that they talk about in the crazy term. But uh, just just flat out uh, going back to a more uh, localized state level, you know, uh, military type. But that's of not thing. national service. That would be local service. Well, well incorporated in that, th- th- this would be the national part. Would be a uh, you know how they have Paris Island for the Marines where they train uh, and do their boot camp, and then they have various places where people go. I think Chicago is one for uh, naval uh, stuff, and. Uh, in going through all that, there is some need for a federation in terms of uh, protecting, you know, altogether our interests, not just 
uh, security for a singular state. And, and it would be advantageous on a voluntary basis to get together and to protect, you know, borders on particular, you know, however you're going to do it. Uh, but why do you need the government to be involved? I mean, if you want to get together with your neighbors and train uh, militarily, you can do that. That's what militias do. They just self-organize themselves. They don't need a government apparatus in order to do that. If you want to get together and feed the poor, feed the hungry, you can do that without having the government involved. What's the necessity of involving the state? If you're saying government in terms of the bureaucracy or the you know people that we pay to just make decisions, then I agree with you. I if, see. You're, if you mean government in terms of just us governing ourselves, then I would say that there is a point. Yeah, I, I just think the term national service has pretty much been claimed by the statists. So when you use that term, that's what it, that's what it brings up in my mind is, okay, and now he's talking about a government program. So you're saying... Sounds mandatory, whatever it is. Right. You're, <laughs> you're just, when you say national service, you just mean people doing things for one another on a voluntary basis. Just people, uh, uh, like, for instance, they give us this whole spiel about how we need this, you know, $700 billion, some say a trillion-dollar machine to protect us all the time. If we had more... Uh, I don't mean to be sexist, but men or, or women, for that matter, I guess, uh, would would go and just do basic training and maybe a refresher course voluntarily, uh, you know, once a year or once every five years, whatever it took to, you know, keep current on the, the tactics and the stuff that we would need to do in case there was a major emergency, you know, what plan A, B, and C were. Uh, that that to me would be, you know, a way to replace all this need for all this spending and this ridiculous bureaucracy and this, you know, the Pentagon, all the things you're talking about with, uh, you've talked about habeas corpus in the past, you're talking about posse commentatus tonight. If it's Latin, it's pretty important, you know, oh, well. we need to leave it. Right, <laughs> well, well-trained well -trained Americans willing to defend their freedom is certainly, uh, any, I think that's something that a lot of people would like to see happen. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's just the term national service suggests service to nation, and the concept of a nation is... An imaginary fantasy concept. I mean, the, the, what we're the reality is is they're all a bunch of individuals within a certain geographic landmass. Bringing in the concept nation is very you know kind of nationalistic. Uh, the idea is that uh, there's something greater than the individuals, and that is the nation, and therefore one must serve one's nation. So I think that you should just move away from using those terms and just move toward the idea of getting people to self-organize and, and train, and just talking about the benefits of that without labeling it as national service, because otherwise you're just going to confuse people. Thanks for the call. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And we've got an interview coming up. Uh, we are going to be talking to who tonight, Mark? Who are we talking it's, to? It's uh, CEI? Yeah, CEI, the guy from uh, CEI, Cord Bloomquist. Um, I have his number here. Okay, well, you probably shouldn't give his number right, out. Right, that's what I'm thinking. So, did you instant message it to me or something? Oh, yeah, that. You could do that, and then I'll call up, Cor is it Court or Cord? Cord. Cord Blomquist. Blomquist, yes. From CEI. He's going to be talking to us about net neutrality. Correct. And, I, you know, it's been a while since we've discussed net neutrality on the program. I, it's my understanding that... The we don't know much about it. And even, even when you researched it, you researched it in sort of a... You know, I don't like anything that has to do with uh, computers, unfortunately. Uh, you know, just, I, you know, I've... I've decided not to, to get involved in that. And um, when you researched it, it's like you had a somewhat understanding, but it seems like we've had people you know, call in and say things that were contrary to what your, your understanding was as far as net neutrality. And I just wanted to get an expert on and um, I had an opportunity. And so, yeah, it's my understanding that, uh, and I'm still waiting for that number. It's my understanding that the, I'm logging on to the uh, instant message thing here. Oh, okay. Uh, that the net, net neutrality is basically the government stepping in and mandating that companies cannot do certain things with their internet connections. 
So, like, where somebody had proposed, I think it was Comcast or one of the Internet service providers, had proposed that uh, that they were going to throttle people's bandwidth. That yeah. essentially, that if they did certain things on the Internet, that they would have their bandwidth limited. And some of the people got very upset about that, and they decided to go to mommy government uh, to take care of it. So if you hang on with us here, we'll bring up Cord, and he can tell us what the situation is with net neutrality. And he can, I'm sure, define it much better than we can. We're pulling him up here on the phone lines. Is this Cord? Cord, we're putting you on the air. Cord uh, Blumquist. Is it Blumquist or Bloomquist? It's Bloomquist. Cord Bloomquist is with us from CEI, the Competitive Enterprise Institute. And welcome to Free Talk Live, Cord. Well, thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you here. And we're talking to you tonight about um, net neutrality. Let's start out with the definition. What is it? Well, it's funny. Net neutrality is probably one of the most uh, confused issues in political discourse today. We're confused. Yeah. No, and there's reason to be because everybody, just like every uh, political issue we see here in Washington, everybody tries to make it uh, about their issue. Right. Um, Of course, uh, we see people on the left concerned about the fairness doctrine, which is kind of a form of speech control, really. The government parceling out speech. They want to make it about that. But what it's really about is how our, our computers talk to each other over the Internet. Uh, and it's really a, a, fairly, uh, a fairly sort of computer science definition. Um, what it really means is uh, when I send you something over the Internet, that it, it sort of bounces to you via the relays, the routers in between you and me, uh, in a way that's not controlled or manipulated by the people in between. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, do it again. <laughs> okay, okay. So imagine, um, here's an example of how that hasn't happened in the past. Um, Comcast, the, uh, the the cable internet provider, Yeah. Uh, they were not being neutral a while ago. Customers re- revolted because of it, but uh, the way that they weren't being neutral is they were blocking packets from BitTorrent, which is a, a popular file sharing application. Mm-hmm. Right. So what they were doing is as those, as those little packets were bouncing, you know, from your computer to, uh, you know, going across the lines from router to router. When they went through Comcast's routers on their travails across the Internet, uh, Comcast was, was blocking them, not accepting them, not passing them along. The Internet works like a, like a bunch of runners running a relay. The baton is passed between people as they, right. as they go. Same with packets on the Internet. Well, Comcast wasn't passing them along. It saved them a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, bandwidth in the middle of their network, but... Uh, Took a lot of the customers off. Right. And so it was the customers that started calling for net, net neutrality. They started calling for the government to get involved. Uh, but, but they solved the problem anyway because people were just upset and the market, uh, the market pressures forced Comcast to start passing them again? Yeah, yeah. And what we've seen, um, a couple of people have done really great histories on this. If people are into digging into this issue, uh, they can check out Tim Lee at the Cato Institute or, uh, or Jerry Brito at the Mercatus Center. Have done a lot of info, a lot of uh, study on this uh, and and the history of it. But in every instant that we've seen neutrality, either in the in the case of Comcast broken on purpose, or in the in lots of other cases broken by mistake. Sometimes companies just you know poorly execute things. Uh, customers are up in arms. Um, so the folks who are calling for a regulation, uh, most of the time customers beat them to it. 
Well, that's, well that's, I, I do love to see the marketplace at work, and uh, you know sometimes uh, the government can be faster than the market uh, in in wanting to you know make things happen before they should from a reasonable standpoint. But uh, um, so, do you think that net neutrality might be kind of a bugbear, and uh, you know to distract people, and that it's not likely to happen? Or well, it, it seems like it's decreasingly likely to happen because I think people are seeing the light on this issue. Um, that what a lot of it really is, is uh, is people trying to get the government's foot in the door in controlling ISPs, mm. um, Internet service providers. Yes. Um, in the past, we've seen a lot of this. Uh, uh, for example, uh, the, the, uh, the Federal Communications Commission was started to make sure that everything was very fair, very yeah. good for all the people out there. B- in terms of, uh, yeah, yeah, our communications. Well, um, you know, for for a long time, we had AT&T as a monopoly in the country of long distance. Mm-hmm. Well, the FCC didn't say, oh, my God, we have to put a stop to this. Now, the this FCC created that monopoly. Right. Yeah. They, they they absolutely created that, and they and they regulated it, and they wanted a fair, universal, the same thing for everybody. And, I mean, this is the smacks of the worst sort of socialism. Everybody gets the same thing so long as it's horrible. Right. Um, you know, but um, MCI, the, the company that we're familiar with, they've, recently kind of uh, gone out of business after the MCI WorldCom uh, business. But uh, for 10 years, they, they tried to become the, uh, the alternative long-distance carrier. The FCC blocked it and blocked it and blocked it uh, and, and just set up bureaucratic barriers because, uh, you know, bureaucracies take care of the people whom, uh, whom they're most familiar with, you know, the entrenched corporations. So, so, so what you're saying is the net neutrality is kind of the, uh, the camel's nose getting underneath the tent, and then who knows from that point what it will be that the FCC or the government decides to propose as far as new regulations to be placed down upon these Internet service providers. I mean, if they're going to accept net neutrality regulations, then they'll accept anything. Yeah, and I think that uh, as soon as the government starts policing things like how you're sending packets around the Internet, the next step is, well, what are you sending around the Internet? Yeah. You know, what's in those packets? Now, sure. If they're, policing them, can... if they're policing them, then they have some kind of, uh, you know, uh, control or understanding of what's going on as far as how many packets are going where. If they can look at how many packets, they can look at what's in the packets and then... The government could put a ban on bit. Couldn't they then put a ban on BitTorrent packets across the board? Wouldn't that be then neutral in that if everyone were forced to ban BitTorrent packets, then that would be fair? Wouldn't They'd it? love to ban uh, encryption too. Well, and they've tried to do that in the past. Really, uh, in- encryption technology is one of the things the government fears the most mm. uh, because it means they they can't look in on on what what we're doing. Um, I think it's probably uh, as as should be viewed as a, as a freedom of speech right. It should be covered under the First Amendment. I have the right to secret speech as much as I have the right to public speech. Absolutely. So what's CEI doing uh, to be a part of all this? Well, we've done a lot. We've, uh, we've been, uh, of course, talking to the government directly as much as we can, uh, trying to convince uh, the people in Congress they're sometimes worth talking to. They sometimes listen. Yep. Uh, so we've we've been submitting comments to the FCC when they uh, when they bring this issue up, and thankfully they haven't moved too far on this. Um, we've done a lot of research on the issue to try to to try to educate the public about it, so they can. Uh, they can tell their congressman what's uh, what's going on. Isn't uh, to interrupt you with a question, question oh, yeah, for clarification? Ahead. Isn't the new head of the FCC, uh, Genikowski or Genikowski, isn't he a supporter of net neutrality? Yeah, his name is impossible to pronounce. Uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's a big supporter of of, of net neutrality. But uh, I hope uh, 
that 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 support will fade like it's faded in a lot of the the companies that come out that have come out in favor of this because I think they they've started to see uh, what they're asking for is 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 really a nightmare, not a dream. Uh, that they they see that the, the mission creep potential, the potential for government to really start regulating them. Some companies stand to benefit from this, mm-hmm, sure. uh, but in the long run, when we invite government into things, we all lose. There's no doubt about that. So the Competitive Enterprise Institute is at CEI.org. That's right, and you can uh, you can check out our blog also at OpenMarket.org. OpenMarket.org. I'm gonna have to add that one to my. Now, Cord, you guys are doing something with uh, bottled water too. Um, what's what's that all about? Uh, this, this is such an interesting topic because it, it seems so absurd when you uh, when you talk about it. Um, little municipalities and cities all over the country are uh, are making moves to ban the menace of bottled water. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, yeah. The <laughs> argument is that those bottles are wasteful. You know. Yeah. Uh, you, you can get a get a Brita filter. You slouch is sort of the argument. And, uh, and, you know, and, the, and I, the fact I, is, I feel that most municipal water services uh, provide good enough water that it's fine. I, you know, I, I, I'm not for telling anyone that they can't have bottled water, but I am for telling them that, hey, I think you're spending too much on that at the convenience store when you could probably just go in the bathroom and uh, fill up, uh, you know, the bottle that you carry in with you. That's but, not a bad idea, but it certainly is But nice I wouldn't to, legislate it. Yeah, it's nice to be able to go to the uh, convenience store and grab a bottle of water from the refrigerator. It's nice, it's cold, it's simple, it's uh, convenient. I like that, and I'm willing to pay for it from time to time. Uh, so they're banning it completely from being sold? Well, in a lot of cities, they've banned it from public buildings, and in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, they've banned it. Uh, they've banned the fire department from buying it, which they usually take with them when they're, you know, fighting, fighting fires. Fighting fires, yeah. <laughs> you, sometimes you want a nice cold bottle of water when you're fighting a fire. Yeah, and, you know, the funny thing is is that these plastic bottles that the water comes in are no different than the plastic bottles that Coca-Cola comes in or, you know, some of these flavored waters or Gatorade. Right. So I'm sure the fire, all that too. the fire department is just going to switch to Gatorade, which has water in it. Yeah, the... Uh the thing that bothers me about this is uh, we shouldn't have to poly- apologize every time we use something, every time we do something that's not necessary in someone's eyes, uh, which is what this comes down to. Some- someone sees someone's activity as wasteful. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're you're entitled to your opinion, but uh, going around and banning things, banning things from from city city government buildings. Uh, some cities are considering banning it altogether because it's wasteful. Wow, well, that'll be a crazy day. should be left to the individual to decide, I think. It should, and it doesn't really matter what their claims are either because there are plenty of ways to landfill and and deal with these uh, these bottles. I mean, there are all the, kinds if of... If that plastic becomes valuable enough, someone will figure out a good way to recycle it. I know that they've got recycling going now, but the plastics, just, they're, they're a money waster, not a money maker for the recycling. I mean, you... You basically have to pay to recycle them. But there is no there's no problem. And I watched the Penn & Teller episode, and it, since we are Internet only, Penn & Teller's bullshit, great, mm. uh, great television show. <laughs> they have a, uh, an, an episode about recycling where not only do they address how recycling in most cases is complete bullshit, uh, but they also point out that landfills are really great. I mean, they're... They're doing a fine job landfilling things out there. There's no shortage of space to dump this stuff. No. So what's the big deal here? I think it's just it's some sort of manufactured fervor that there's no real reason or rhyme behind it. Yeah, I think it's an excuse for politicians to grandstand and seem like they're doing something that's environmentally friendly. That 
doesn't have a lot of impact, so mm-hmm. it's not like it's going to really tick people off. Uh, but it's something, some a feather that they can sort of put in their cap and say to the environmental lobby or whoever else is uh, is giving them money to do this. Look, look at what I did. I I I, I got those damned firefighters to give their bottle of water. Uh, I guess. And, yeah, you're probably right about I, that. I, yeah, I, the, the reason it bothers me is it's just it's just such a, a civil liberties issue and a, and a choice issue, and we have to. Uh, I think we have to expand our scope of what civil liberties mean to beyond free speech and freedom to uh, assemble and those sorts of things that are great to, hey, I should be free to buy things I want. And I, sell I mean, them. Not, yeah. Yes, exactly. Good uh, stuff. Good yeah, stuff. So, it's, so CEI.org, it's a ridiculous issue. CEI.org is uh, the website. OpenMarket.org is your blog site. Uh, yes, Mark. Of course, do you have uh, some kind of petition that people should sign for this bottled water thing? Yeah, if they go to uh, enjoybottledwater.org, uh, we have a petition up, and uh, and you can sign it and let these politicians know that uh, you think people should be able to buy a bottle of water. Seems pretty basic, but who, uh, who we got to defend. Who are you going to give the uh, the the petition to? Which politicians? Uh, we are we are sending it to uh, to politicians in in the various cities, and and they're sp- they're springing up all over the place. But uh, ah, yeah. right sense. now, it looks like Chicago, New York. Uh, a bunch of municipalities in Florida, San Francisco, Denver, they're springing up all over the place. Florida so is home you know of some, I'm sorry, uh, Florida is home of some of the worst water in America. It's some of the <laughs> most foul-tasting stuff. I, I can tell you, having moved up here to the Northeast, I would drink that, I do drink it straight out of the tap. I think it's crazy to uh, to purchase bottled water here, and I often tell my wife the, just that, she likes to buy it, And um, but Florida, my God, Sarasota, Florida, the water's awful. Oh yeah. yeah, I've had the I've had the water in a bunch of different places in Florida, and it's uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. People should have the choice down there of all places. Well, I say uh, good luck on this campaign uh, because, uh, as you were saying, it's popping up all over. What we see when we do free talk live, we look at these new laws that these bureaucracies come up with around the country. They all kind of keep an eye on each other, and if somebody passes a new piece of legislation and it flies through and nobody challenges it in court, then there are other bureaucrats around the country that will uh, perk up and they'll, oh, wow, we can get away with this too. Let's try this out over here. And then, you know, before you know it, there are b- bottled water bans in every bureaucracy across the country, and then the next step is to ban it from uh, from the rest of us. So it's like the first step through the door is they ban it from the firemen, and then the next step is a complete ban in the, the, the local area. You're only going to be allowed to buy coca-cola and gatorade before you know it well they, they've been and i've heard of them uh, taxing coke but not diet coke too oh is that right yeah wow well diet coke's a better yeah. nutritional choice <sighs> i think uh, politicians are not the most creative type bureaucrats aren't the most creative type and they've been recycling and stealing the same bad ideas for hundreds of years and they'll probably continue to do it and this is why it's a it's a constant fight for groups groups like CEI. It's a vigil. You know, uh, something else we should talk about here while we've got you on. I don't know if you're involved in the show, uh, Cord, but I think I might have heard you on there before. Liberty Week is something that CEI puts out. It's a weekly podcast at libertyweek.org, and it's also something we play on the Liberty Radio Network at libertyradionetwork.com. I've heard the show uh, have uh, a few times, and it's been pretty entertaining. Are you involved with that at all? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fairly regular co-host on the show, so I I, uh, so. I I get on there from time to time. But uh, yeah, the uh, the show covers a, tries to cover a variety of issues. We uh, we try to bring you at least uh, one bit of scandal news every week. That's one of our regular segments. Well, that can't be hard. Scandal watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, you don't have to dig too deep. It turns out. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
<laughs> a crooked politician a week is not a hard task. Uh, but we try to cover things related to uh, one of our segments is the Greatest Depression. We try to bring you news on the uh, the recession and the financial meltdown. Um, and the interesting thing we're finding there is just how involved government has been been uh, all along. Uh, certainly there were bad people on Wall Street making some pretty bad moves, uh, but a lot of them were insulated from competition by uh, by the government. So What a surprise. Granted Granted monopolies. Can you believe it? Yeah, I think uh, Jefferson talked about the uh, the wall between church and state. I think we need a similar wall between uh, business and state. When the two How about we just together, destroy the state? Each other. I'd like let's to just, just wall off the state. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm pretty much for that. Wall it off in a uh, coffin and bury it. <laughs> yeah, let's try that. Uh, Court Bloomquist with us here from CEI. CEI.org is the website. LibertyWeek.org is the site for their podcast. And, and again, enjoy bottled water for the petition to... EnjoyBottledWater.org? Oops. Is what was the That's site? Right. Okay, great. Enjoybottledwater.org. And we're going to have a banner up for that on our site soon, I think, as of tomorrow. Yes. So you'll be able to click through on Free Talk Live to get to that. Uh, again, Liberty Week is a weekly podcast. And from what I've heard, you guys sound like you have a lot of fun doing a show. Would you say that's the case? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good 45 minutes uh, or so every week. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time. It's a nice break from uh, from a you know, reading the news of here in Washington. Yeah, you guys, uh, you sound like you you have good rapport with one another. The co-hosts kind of bantering back and forth, and I think it's one of the I think it's one of the better shows on the Liberty Radio Network. Yeah, when it comes to co-hosts, you got to be not afraid to strip a little skin off the other guy. I mean, you know, that's true. That's yeah. true. We uh we try to you know we try to poke fun at each other. We try to have some some laughs in good the times. course of all of it because. I don't know. With the stuff going on all around us, you've got to laugh at it. You've, yeah, absolutely. You've <laughs> got to stay as positive as you possibly can. And, Cord, it was great having you on the show. Anything else you want to share with our listeners tonight? Just uh, just check out the check out the website and the blog and, uh, you know, see see what's, uh, what's going on at CEI. Great. Thank you for the time tonight, and I appreciate hearing from you. Good night. All right. Thank you. Yep. We're Thanks, doing Will. an extended edition of the Free Talk Live program, doing it internet only here. Brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Is it also sponsored by CD Evolution, Mark? These, uh, well, uh, these we, things? We can, you know, we're pretty much CD Evolution at this point um, in the sense that we, you know, we, we're, we're on the board and we're helping administer it. And um, we obviously don't have the funds. We uh, we have uh, turned that over just for the, the sake of accountability. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, cdevolution.org is a, you know, it, it's it's a fund that we have in order to, uh, for people that are around the world to be able to support. Well, we didn't start it. We're just involved. We did not. We are involved. But we have the fund, so whatever. Um, we, meaning activists in New Hampshire. Yes. Uh, it's intended to support civil disobedience here in New Hampshire, uh, to get behind these guys with finan- uh, financial support, because they're getting out there, they're putting their freedom on the line for your freedom. That's what they're doing. And it's kind of a difficult place to be in, because, well, they can have their freedom stolen from them, they could be thrown in jail cells, they can have their t- families torn apart. Um, so they're really Not taking their wealth, you know, everything yeah. they've worked for. They're taking some serious risks, and so CD Evolution is designed to help them out. Go to cdevolution.org and get signed up for it. You can contribute on a monthly basis, one-time contract, Contribution, or you can shop at newegg.freetalklive.com, buy all your computer parts at newegg.freetalklive.com, and a percentage of your sale, I think it's like 1% to 2%, depending on what you buy. Uh, so it's not a huge percent, but it's something, and it adds up. A uh, percentage of your sale will go to cdevolution.org. So again, cdevolution.org. So uh, let's talk AMP, Mark, because okay. we do like to talk about AMP a lot on these extra Free Talk Live Internet editions, just because, well, it's it's easier to uh, to pitch AMP when you've got a little bit of extra time, because there's a lot to talk 
talk about. We we did mention during the show tonight that uh, we're going to be sponsoring the Talkers New Media Seminar coming up, and that's a really exciting opportunity for Free Talk Live to really show the people in the business, the industry movers and shakers, that Free Talk Live is not only still here, because uh, we've now been syndicated. We're in our fifth year of syndication, which means that we are a kind of a we're kind of a, becoming a mainstay at this point. A, lo- a lot of shows don't even last three or four years, so yep. we're in our fifth. And uh, to show them that not only are we still around, but we're actually making a splash in that we are able to financially support the Talkers New Media Seminar. So everyone that has a name badge, and that's everyone, will see Free Talk Live's logo, which I think is pretty cool. So that's one of the many things we do with the Amp Dollars. Amp, of course, a program that allows you to support the show, get behind Free Talk Live, and help us get on more radio stations. What I wanted to point out here uh, tonight, I wanted to share an article from another talk show host. And do a little comparison between what's happened to him, what he's decided to do with his show, and what we're doing on Free Talk Live. Because Peter B. Collins on the West Coast, he does his show out of California. I think it's KRXA. Yeah, KRXA in California. It's an AM station out there. It's uh, one of the progressive talk stations. Peter is a progressive talker. And, of course, if you don't know, uh, the Progressive radio- means you're progressing towards socialism. Pretty much. Uh, the, the, in case you don't know, the radio industry has recently been experimenting with something other than conserva clone radio. So now they've got basically the hundred, you know, the, the same got thing. Libra clone radio. Right, but who are they cloning? I mean, everybody's trying to clone Rush in the conservative world. Like, are they trying to clone Rush, but in a liberal way? I don't well, know. Well, uh, Ed Schultz does a successful, sh- reasonably successful show. Yes. Um, the uh, uh, Stephanie Miller is another Stephanie one. Stephanie Miller. She's Tom Hartman does. It, um, okay. <laughs> you don't Hartman. think Stephanie Miller is an attractive lady? Um, she's all. We're talking right. about radio women here, Mark. Well, yeah, by that standard, she's uh, okay. you know, it's a hell of a yardstick. By, by that standard, she's the hottest woman in radio, in my opinion. Okay. Except for Julia, Julia, who is in, uh, sitting in the uh, the studio. Uh, but uh, so this progressive uh, format, it's been hit and miss. There have been some stations that have tried it, and maybe they just didn't try it long enough. For whatever reason, they flipped back. They went to music or something like that. Um, and so Michael Whirling, who owns uh, the former affiliate KSCO, KSCO in Santa Cruz, right? They have a sister station, which is a liberal talker. They was the, KSCO was the um, is is a conservative talker, and they have a liberal talk, had a t- liberal had, talker. Yeah. And the reason that the uh, people wouldn't advertise on the liberal talker was because they didn't like the idea that uh, you know that. That the same ownership owned the progress, or the, excuse me, the conservative talker. That's exactly right. So, so they were tr- cutting off their nose in order to spite their face. So then the the whole thing went away. Right. So even though the station had listeners, the listeners wouldn't support the station, and he flipped it and said, "All right, well, we're just going to put music back on." And so that's what he did. So progressive, the uh, the the saga of progressive talk here over the last several years, about what it's been about five years since Air America launched or something like that. The uh, the story of progressive talk has been one with mixed success, uh, where some stations are doing pretty good. You know, station in Seattle, I think, is doing fairly well. Uh, obviously, more liberal markets, it's going to be more likely to uh, to work. And the yeah, you know, so it's been up and down. Some some hosts have been doing well. Some hosts have dropped off the map and gone crazy. Uh, you know, Randy Rhodes is uh, she's one of the more popular liberal hosts out mm-hmm. there, but she just blew up recently with a contract renegotiation that apparently went south, and her show just dropped off the air, off, right off the map. 
But Peter B. Collins is a more localized regional host. He doesn't have the, the national syndication uh, contracts that a lot of these other guys do. And he was essentially trying to self-syndicate his show. And I met Peter when we were out at the R&R seminar, which our amplifier sent us to, by the way, uh, a couple of years ago in Los Angeles. And I met Peter B. Collins. I don't know if you if you met him, Mark. but I must have met him. Nice guy. Remember. Real nice guy. Um, and I talked to him before because he used to be a program director for KRXA, the station he started on. So that's how I'd kind of gotten to know him because I was pitching Free Talk Live to him for his station. Then he launched his show uh, back in 2005 and syndica- essentially self-syndicated it, which is pretty much what we're doing uh, with Free Talk Live, independent syndication. We don't do the actual syndication. That's the Genesis Communications Network. Uh, but it's independent in that... Genesis doesn't own radio stations. So there are certain radio syndicates like ABC Radio Networks, Premier Radio Networks. Salem. Um, yes. Yep, Salem Radio Networks. These are companies that syndicate shows like Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, and uh, Michael Medved. And they syndicate their shows, and they own stations already. So they already have the ability to just take their syndicated shows and... Brrr, Put them out there on the air on a bunch of stations. Whereas a show like Free Talk Live, we start with, well, we started with two stations that Genesis already had on, basically, when we started back in 2004. Three, but uh, one of them dropped off within the first two weeks, if That's I recall. That's true. So we started with a couple stations, but everything, because they flipped formats. everything we've gotten has been built based on merit. I mean, we've, we've gotten on stations because they like the show, not right. because Genesis owns stations and they can just force us down the, the station's throats. So that's what it means to be independently syndicated. So Peter B. is one of those, uh, or soon to be was, rather, is currently one of those independently syndicated shows. However, on Friday, according to his blog at PeterBCollins.com, he made a tough decision. And this is what I wanted to share with you tonight, was his decision. On Friday, I delivered the news of my decision to end the daily broadcasts of the Peter B. Collins show. Our last live broadcast will be Friday, March 20th, which will replay on some stations through March 22nd. Since we started on KRXA in 2005, I have been covering the costs of producing the show and delivering it to our affiliate stations by satellite, which is not a cheap thing to do. Right. Now, that's something different than what Free Talk Live does, and I, I just want to make that, um, you know, since we talk, we're talking shop here, um, I want to make people aware that there is a difference in being independent and then essentially, you know, putting yourself up on the bird. Uh, I don't know that, I don't even know if there is a term for Self-syndicating? that. Self-syndicating? Self, Self-syndicating? Yeah. Yeah, independent versus self-syndicating. Um, so he's self-syndicating. He's buying the time himself from, I guess, ABC, because uh, that's pretty much the only place you can buy it from. And whereas Genesis, no, you can buy it from Clear Channel. Can you? Okay. Yeah. Um, you would know better than I on this. Whereas Genesis cover, foots the bill uh, for us to do that, and in you know, in return, they get a certain amount of our uh, ad inventory. So we have a very nice deal with Genesis Communications. Yeah, works out very nice. I uh, spoke with uh, Ted Anderson today. Oh, did you? I did. Uh, so, yeah. I'm so, keeping up. Well, you see, what I'm thinking about here is uh, I'm going to fire your ass one of these days. Are and, you? Yeah. Take it to Mark only? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to try that. I'm the only thing that's see keeping that this show afloat, I'm telling you. Uh, we get little as he's, uh, So Peter says that with phone bills and the other expenses, it adds up to more than $5,000 a month. And we get a little advertising revenue and some generous listeners contribute, but most of it's absorbed by my small business, Collins Media Services. Until last summer, I was able to cover the cost from my work as a radio producer and consultant. Like everyone else, the Bush recession has hit me hard. To make money in syndication, we need to be on 20-plus stations and at least one of the big three, New York, L.A., and Chicago. 
As an independent, self-syndicated show, we've had to compete with Air America, Dial Global, and Nova M programs, and for various reasons, the PBC show didn't break through. Now, I just want to uh, break down here for a moment and point out a couple of things. Yes, we are uh, syndicated through Genesis Mark, so that saves us a tremendous amount of money. But it also means that we can't make as much because, yep. as you said, Genesis gets some of the commercials, and we it only limits, get it limits the amount of inventory available. Right. Um, there's you uh, can only sell. Two and a half minutes an hour of uh, right. There's six minutes um, an hour that go to the network. That's Genesis and us, mm-hmm. and it's split three and a half and two and a half. So they get the majority of them. So they get the majority of it, and um, you know, <laughs> that leaves me with two and a half minutes per hour to sell, and I do it, and we and we're making it. But one of the things, sort of, is the difference here that I'm hearing um, is that. You know, we've kept our overhead down, down, down here on Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the money that we the money that we bring in in advertising essentially is pay. You know, we get to use that for living, and, and it doesn't yeah. go to supporting much of a structure. I believe that uh, y- you have uh, what, what what is our overhead? I mean, a phone line. We've got an ISDN line. We've got a couple of internet connections. What's that come to? Hundred uh, hundred. Hundred bucks a month, couple hundred bucks. Well, and I pay, I pay for a business class internet connection, and that one alone is like 115. But part so. of that, to some extent, that's you and your preferences on, you know, you pay for. We it. could get by with a lower quality internet right. connection, but it would but, slow down the archive uploads and things like that. Right, so. but you've dis- you, we've built the business around you and your preferences for having, you know, fast internet connections. Yeah, I mean, we could have put the archives elsewhere, and you know, some server someplace, right? No, it, it slows down the upload. If you have a consumer-level Internet connection, you've got a limited oh, so upload bandwidth. so you're putting it up on the Internet, the archive? Yeah, you have to upload the archives so people can download them later, and that takes okay. a certain period of time. And in order to speed that up and to make it so we can stream out a high-quality video feed and we can have you know three or four different streams coming out of this the studio, we need that extra bandwidth. So really, it's something we needed to do. Either way, it's something you cover. I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, you, I take care of all the overhead uh, expenses for the show. So there's very, very little overhead here, and uh, we don't need to be on 20-plus stations. We are. I mean, we've got 44 of them at the moment, yep. uh, So, but we don't need a big market affiliate. He, he's saying here he needs to be on in New York, Los Angeles, or Chicago, and if, he's, if he can't be on one of those markets, he's thrown in the towel. Now, I can see where he's coming from because he does have to cover those $5,000 per month that he's incurred in costs. But see, now, here's another thing that I don't understand. It, it, I, guess, I, I guess I understand. If you don't it, – it's all about sales. Uh, you know, I've, I came up in this industry under, under the uh, sales branch, and it's not about where you are. It's about who's pitching you. We're making – you know, I, I'm, I'm bringing in almost every month five grand in, um, you know, ad revenue. Now, that's currently going into paychecks. And being split amongst between you and I, and then there's some a certain amount of uh, ad revenue that you get um, from Amazon and uh, what's the other one? Free State, Free State. Project. Free State Project. Those are yours uh, exclusively, and they were beforehand before we made our agreement. But I'm bringing in five grand just under my side, and you know I consider five grand a good month currently, but four grand is pretty much a you know a normal thing. So. It's about the salesman, too. So you've managed to pull that in without New and York that, or Los Angeles right. or Chicago. And let's, make, let's be abundantly clear. We have 44 affiliates. However, how many weeknight affiliates do we have? Not many. So he has 20 weekday, know, aff- weekday affiliates, right? Uh, no, he doesn't. He, has, he says he needs 20. He's got three. No, excuse me. He's got six, six or seven. Where? A few of them in California, one in Oregon, one in Washington. Are they major markets? Montana. 
Uh, Portland, he's got that. He's got Seattle. He's got San Fran. Uh, I, I would think that if you had San Fran, uh, Seattle, and Portland, you would sh- certainly be able to, to do something with those. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you'd have to find uh, – it, it, maybe it wouldn't be easy. I don't know. But I'm selling currently with – what do we have? Uh, 15 or so uh, weekday affiliates? I have no idea. And I most really of don't them, know what Most are. of them are being run uh, post uh, 7 p.m. Yeah. So you know you're you're talking. They're all after you know off prime. Right. Uh, he's doing after nine uh, afternoon drive out there. That's right. So he's prime time in in three, at least three major markets in California, and he couldn't make his progressive show work. Right. I'm selling spots at twenty five dollars a piece, and he can't make his show. I mean, in California, I, I can't imagine. I know in Tampa, spot rate on um, WFLZ uh, was. It was uh, three hundred on FLA, so it was more like four or five hundred, uh, four for or five hundred dollars for one minute of airtime on a wow. you know single stick. This is three major sticks in three major markets. I would I don't know if major sticks, but three three sticks in three major markets, and he can't sell twenty five dollar ads and get you know do what I'm doing now. I, maybe during the day on, he's doing other things. He's not I, on live on all of his stations. I did look today because well, actually yesterday I was calling all of his stations to try to headhunt him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so some of them he's on like overnights. But he is live on at least two or three of those stations in a couple of decent uh, decent markets. So what I'm pointing out here, what I'm pointing out is that Free Talk Live manages to do more with less than uh, we've we've done an incredible job at doing this. But one of the key factors to Free Talk Live success, if not the the key factor, is the AMP program, because we wouldn't be where we are without AMP. We wouldn't be on 44 stations. We might be on 15. Yeah, Without it's, it's really difficult to say. You know, what it would, is difficult. What would, the, what would life be like if if something that is is occurring wasn't occurring? I right, don't know. Well, because we've had AMP since 2005, and so you know we're basically coming up on our fourth. Uh, we're going to start our fourth year of uh, of AMP, and, and people that uh, you know people that believe in liberty, you know, know that uh, things haven't been working as far as liberty goes, and you know, Free Talk Live is having a real effect. They can hear people being converted on the air. Um, they can they can see that we're adding station after station after station so they know that free talk live is being effective so they have a tendency to to support and support loyally right and that's the i think that's one of the key differences between where peter b went wrong and where we went right and of course uh, credit goes to johnson for coming up with the idea for the amp program it's uh, it's actually uh, leo laporte who came up with it and johnson borrowed it and, uh, and shifted it over right, to us but do you think that we wouldn't have i mean it's it's like uh, I don't also know. it's also what it, would have happened? it's this kind of synergy thing you know like the guy who discovered fire well you know just because <laughs> i mean you, it doesn't you, mean it wouldn't have been discovered otherwise right when you look at saying. the telephone and you look at some uh, inventions that went on when the, within the last century usually there were people uh, pushing for them when they had uh, electricity there's mm-hmm. ac and dc being pushed in you know the, uh, the the fact is likely would have would have come up with amp within the next six months anyway it was a great idea but whatever i'm going to give credit where credit's due yeah. uh so so we started collecting three bucks a month from our listeners and it's now totaling over four thousand dollars a month coming in for the purposes of getting this show out there of getting free talk live into more ears and on radio stations so Peter B. Collins, even though he had a few contributors, apparently wasn't promoting that too heavily. In fact, he'll address that here in a few moments. We'll continue with his little uh, letter here. He says that, and he talks a little bit about yeah. generally as uh, talks a little bit about progressive radio here as well, saying that hmm? the other thing I wanted to say about um, sort of the AMP program is it. 
it compartmentalizes the business. One of the things that uh, small business people deal with, and some deal with it well and some deal with it poorly, is deciding how much money to put where. Um, for instance, you know, many businesses say, "Man, we're having a tough time of it. We've got to, you know, we've got to route money to from away from advertising into payroll or whatever they have mm-hmm. to do." And then fewer people become um, ringing the phone and coming through the door or whatever. So therefore, they have less money that they need. They then, then have need to reroute, to, you know, yeah. route away from one employee to another, and that, then it just goes. That's the death spiral. Okay, yeah. so that's what some businesses do. Amp uh, has a benefit for us in. The that we don't have the ability to route. Uh, you know, you don't get to. You don't get to take AMP to pay your mortgage. Right. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm not deciding whether or not I need. But you to. don't have. Right. So if AMP's coming your in, your credit a- card bill. Right, you don't your credit card board bill. Uh, four grand uh, a month. Let's say that you get half and I get half, so that's two grand a month apiece. So then my paycheck goes up from you know I'm I'm getting a portion of the uh, it goes up by two grand. You don't have to work as hard. Right. So then I've decided. Well, I got two grand extra a month. I think I can f- afford that Audi that I've been wanting to get. Yeah. Right. So then you know uh, I've got the Audi, and then I'm like, oh well, advertising's not quite as important. See how humans make decisions, and better better and worse ones depending. We don't make those decisions because AMP goes into the AMP fund and it, right it's funding advertising it's funding talkers ads it's funding us going to the conventions, conventions. it's funding skip jokel from talk shows usa helping us get out there and get promoted right it's, from it's now intended, and then, it's now intended, and then it'll hire a consultant for us and intended to make the show better sounding yep. we, you know we hire a consultant to sound better skip uh, helps get us on other stations advertising helps get get us on stations uh it, it's probably a good idea to use it to uh you know perhaps when we go to conventions i've gotten advertising leads from conventions and gotten advertisers out of those conventions that then therefore um, allows us to make money through the show so you know that it it takes care of a lot of things right. amps like amp is the the rock solid foundation for this it's show it really yeah. is and it's something that peter b didn't really have for his show and it's one of the reasons why he's closing his doors uh he says that air america is the brand that most people connect with progressive talk radio and their bankruptcy and sequence of blunders has unfortunately defined our collective efforts in a negative way that's provided an easy target for the non-liberal media. As a result, the total number of stations offering progressive talk in the U.S. peaked at about 105 back in 2006 and is now at around 70. Miami, D.C., and even Ann Arbor, Michigan have lost their progressive stations in just the last month. Over the past three and a half or 3.75 years, he says, I've tried it all. I pitched all of the Air America programmers except the current one who never returned my calls or emails. I was offered a deal by Nova M, but they reneged a bizarre story. He says, I'm saving for my talk and tell book. <laughs> Air America just announced that Montel Williams will be their new offering from the in the Tom Hartman time slot, which tells us that Jerry Springer's flame out was just their first attempt to retread a tabloid TV host as a progressive radio host. And you can see his frustration here uh, being Peter B's, you know, he's a real radio guy. You yeah. know, he's he's somebody who is, whether you disagree, whether you agree or disagree with his viewpoint, he's a real radio guy who right. he's not, uh, is he's dedicated not some, to radio. He's not somebody who's, uh, you know, like they said, Hollywood, and that's really right. it. They but that's a, who gets the gigs these days in syndicated radio or Hollywood people. They've for some reason, if if they're, you know, the if um, television has words and pictures flying through the air, so um, you know that's somehow more, you know, for for whatever reason, those people are more famous. Right. If, if they, Montel's I mean, built a brand, and they feel like, well, now we can just take this brand that already exists, put it on our radio uh, syndicate, and it'll be a smashing success. 
But what ends up happening is, even if it does work out programming-wise and the show turns out to be okay, 99% of the time, or 90% of the time, these Hollywood guys get bored, and uh, they decide right. they want to go do something guys. else. They like to have their picture flying through the air, too. And, you know, radio affords uh, the ability to sort of be more off the cuff and uh, to certainly to get more of your opinions It's more heard. work. To, I mean, as far as it's, it's... Well, it's not... Television's a lot of work behind the scenes as far as setting up the cameras and all right, that. But doing they the don't makeup. do that. But the hosts don't do that stuff. They just show up and they do their show. So doing radio, you've got to be there three hours a day talking into a microphone. And most of these shows are singular host shows, although a lot of them do kind of have their, their producers chime in. Also, if, if a star is late in recording a, uh, a, you know, some show or another... No big deal. Right. Yeah. They just start the show late. Whereas on radio, if you're late, you know, somebody's butt's in a sling. So you, you have to be there every day at the same time. This is like, a, this is like real work for them. For me, this is the break in the day. I, I, you know, I'd be talking like this anyway. I, you know, expounding on uh, political issues. I really enjoy this. To me, the work, if if you can call it that, is making sales calls uh, yeah. during the day. So I, I don't really consider this much work. Yeah, for me, the work is calling radio stations during the day, and for me, that's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I, I don't hate my job. Right. So, so this is what we're basically sharing with you here is, uh, is Peter B. Collins and his thoughts on why he's canceling his syndicated show. It's just the, uh, the death of a syndicated radio show, and we're kind of just analyzing it from our perspective as to well, what went wrong with this, uh, with this, with his show, and what are we doing right on Free Talk Live? Because we're making this work from the, you know, from the ground up. Uh, it's because of you. That's what we've done right. I believe that AMP is really the one of the most right things that we've done. Obviously, we've got a great syndicate. The Genesis Communications Network is uh, is doing a great job uh, putting the show up on the satellite. We're really the ones marketing it, though. It's it's Free Talk Live that's doing all the marketing. Genesis isn't out there buying ads for the show. They are just the delivery method, essentially. They're the producers of the show, and they put us up on the satellite. And of, and, God bless them. And they do a great job at it. Uh, in fact, they've do, they're doing a better job at it now than when we started uh, with Genesis. We've actually kind of raised the bar for the entire network. We can get into that, but, uh, but let me continue with what Peter says. He says, as of Friday, I'm very proud of what we've done here, and he talks about how he's great, uh, grateful to his partners. I'm grateful to every listener and the ones who think I'm full of it, even the ones who think I'm full of it for taking the time to listen, and to those who called and emailed and sent, list, uh, sent letters and checks. I couldn't have done this without you. Uh, thanks to all the emails and response to this news. He says that uh, I'm not going away. He may launch a podcast or a weekend radio show, but man, that's you know you're cutting back. Uh, you're, you're you're canceling your weekday show, and you're going to try to launch a weekend radio show and market that. That's I mean that's pretty difficult too. So yep. I don't know how successful he'll be. Right. I mean I I I I think he's a nice man, and I don't want to. I'm not wishing anything bad on him. However, I think that it could be viewed by anybody who might pick up the weekend show as. Well, he failed weekday, so you know why do I want him on my weekend? Why do I want to take this risk and you know put him there? Yeah, I, I'm not. You know, I I I don't want to say anything bad about the guy. He says that your contributions will be used to retire some debt, pay off the bills, and give my uh, producers something for their dedication. Uh, many people who have heard the five thousand dollar monthly cost figure have emailed to pledge $10 a month and said, how do we find the other 499 He says, and this is interesting, he says, we've tried that to some extent, but I don't want to turn the show into a pledge-a-thon because I listen to the radio, too, and I don't like them. And I agree with him. 
you shouldn't be doing pledgeathons on commercial radio. Right. But we don't do that with with AMP. We, we mention don't. it once a night. Right. Now here's the difference. This is this is an opportunity for us ad sales guy to get to talk business. Okay. So that you have what they call vertical and horizontal advertising in uh, you know broadcast in the broadcast medium, and I guess you have it in uh, you have it in every medium. Vertical advertising is. If you're doing a car sale and it's it's this weekend only, you know, that kind of thing, well, you would put it every hour on the hour Pounding or whatever, yeah. and you would pound it in on a station. Now, in our show, it's more difficult to do vertical ads. We did it with the uh, shift bomb. We put two ads per hour uh, for those three or four days before the uh, shift bomb, and mm-hmm. it was quite successful, $20,000 they raised, and I would assume that every last penny came from Free Talk Live. Um, <laughs> And so that would be a, a vertical, uh, um, you know, ad campaign. A okay. horizontal one is spread out over time. So if you put one ad every day at the same time, it consistently yeah. bang, 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 bang. Now that's the kind of advertising that builds a brand in people's mind. What you need, uh, you know, for your your business, whatever it may be, if you're selling cars or tires or lawn maintenance or whatever, is that when somebody thinks lawn maintenance, they think eager beaver lawn maintenance because you've hit them every time. People are creatures of habit. They generally listen to the same radio stations at the same time every day, and that's horizontal advertising. They're listening to our show every day. We mention AMP one time, and people... Generally, at some point, they you know they listen to the the show for X amount of time, you know, could year, be a couple of years, six months, whatever. Yeah. Um, they finally you know they they keep on saying, well, Free Talks Live is a good thing, and I really do need to do that amp thing or whatever. I need I need to get off my butt and do it. It's only three bucks a month. Uh, you know, I spend I spend it's a that, cup of coffee. Right? It really is. I can't even think of what people only spend three bucks a month on because. There's I've seen Julia so buy cups things. of coffee that are like more than three dollars. Yes, I mean you can absolutely do it. So, um, so it's no, it's no big deal for somebody. Right. You to won't c- miss that three bucks to cut out a cup of coffee. And uh, so, just a few more thoughts here from Peter B. He says many people who he was talking about how some of his listeners offered ten bucks a month and then wanted to find the rest of them. He says he didn't want to turn into a pledgeathon. Plus, right. I'm well aware that many of my listeners can't even spare ten dollars a month right now. Overall, I don't think we can. Share to a voluntary subscription plan to produce a reliable funding stream. Now, after he posted this blog post, there was another one that he posted where he said that more than 200 people from around the world emailed to pledge in an average of $10 a month to support the program. He says it's not enough to reverse course, however. He had, within a weekend's period of time, 200 people pledging an average of $10 a month, so presuming $2,000, that had to be a nice little bump to whatever level of business right. he was doing. And, but, you know, you know, when a business, you, you haven't been in a business that's gone under. I have been yeah. in a couple, and, um, you, you know, you have a... You're He's much got more, bills to pay, you're yeah, right. You're much more plodding kind of guy. You do things slowly. You don't take any, you don't take risks. Um, and, you know, the ones well, that I I've been in... I take plenty of risks. Yeah, but not big ones. As far as building the business, you're right. I take slow steps building right. the business, but just doing this is risky. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, but you don't take risks in the building of the business, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but I have been in businesses where you know it, I, I have a tendency to be a little faster and looser, mm-hmm. and it's not always me. I have actually end up being the conservative one in some of these relationships, and they've fallen apart, and 
you know, the, the, you're right. He's end, probably got bills. He's got. There's pay. nothing going to stop that baby from falling apart. Right. So if he'd been building contributions over time, like Free Talk Live has been since 2005 with the AMP program, he'd be in a lot better shape right now, and he wouldn't have had to have you know begged everybody at the very last the very last minute to he try to get him. Beg. Um, they they did it of their own accord, which is even more uh, amazing because if he would have you know if he would have begged a month earlier, you know, said please. It's getting bad yeah, here. Yeah, time's running out. Uh, right. Time's running out. I, you know, either it's put up or shut up time, people. How much do you like this show? Can you put up $10 a month? And then, wham, he would have had it. And it's one of the reasons why, I mean, his reticence to ask for $10 is understandable. It seems like, that seems like a lot, which is right. why we set $3 to be the bar for, for the AMP program. Because, well, it, it, I don't know how much $10 is for his, his listeners. Maybe he's a higher-end listener. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't matter to me either way. I don't think $10 is that much either when you look at a monthly uh, amount. But... It, when um, the the difference is, is he didn't like it because he's a regular radio guy, mm-hmm. and regular radio guys here in PR where they do a vertical campaign for fundraising. Right. If you haven't heard this before, they basically get on the air and they have an X amount that they have to raise, and they right. will not stop the fundraiser until they, will they raise not the amount. Shut up and play some kind of programming that you want to listen to until you they raise that amount of money. It's and awful. It's, it's just awful. It's terrible to listen to, and and you know it's it's pathetic. And I. Uh, you know, it's it's the one thing I disagree with about um, NPR, and you know maybe they could try a little harder as far as uh, horizontal um, ad, ad revenue. I don't know. I don't know what would work for them. They should do what works, and it apparently is working. But I, you know, if I agree with him that vertical uh, sort of fundraising sound is awful. But that's what he's equating it with, is fundraising is vertical fundraising. And we do horizontal fundraising, and it sounds different. It doesn't sound as bad. No, it works. And, in fact, I've never had a complaint from any of my program directors right. to say, hey, you guys shouldn't be doing that on our airwaves because it's so un- inobtrusive. It's just once a show we ask for contributions. Right. And, well, actually, every host does it, but they do it um, in a different manner. They do, do it mean? with their every, – every show has their own uh, – Glenn Beck has his – Insiders and Rush Limbaugh oh, yeah, has the yeah, ditto the club. heads. The club, it's it's yeah. a club, and ours really is no different. Except we allow you to contribute more than the membership of the club in order to be in the club. Well, we allow you to get all the benefits without contributing. We give everything away pretty much, with the exception of the amp lines. We give away the the, the um, benefits that that they give away for their club membership, but we have created right. other benefits. That's um, true. That are the chat above room. and beyond the chat room. The there's um, the, yeah, there's a there's a section in the forum. Uh, there's an amp, amplifier forum. Glenn Beck does have a an insider line where the insiders can call in. And does that, he? Yes, he does. How long has he had that? I don't know. It's been a couple of years. I know you really? don't listen much, uh, but I, I've been listening to Glenn Beck. More I was just wondering to, if he was riffing off us. It could be. I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you know, they... We have we have benefits to our club too, yeah. and they've got the same thing. They just you know they they just won't let you give get much. I I like yeah I like our model better. I didn't like it in the beginning, but you know I do now. So I, just because I like things the way they are always. Uh, so so the AMP program is what differentiates our success compared to Peter B. You know, Peter B., I wish him the best of luck. Uh, clearly, you know, it wasn't in the cards for him. He didn't approach things in the in the correct manner. He should have been fundraising the whole time he was doing his show. Had he been fundraising from day one, he'd probably still be on the air and probably have some support. But instead, he's closing down operations, packing it in. And 
While it's bad news for Peter B., it's good news for Free Talk Live. Because every time some syndicated show host decides to throw in the towel, whether they be from Hollywood or they be a real radio guy, uh, they throw in the towel, that opens up opportunities for Free Talk Live. So if you ever hear news about some show going away, Bill O'Reilly just dropped off the air just a couple weeks ago. Uh, coming up here, Bob Costas is leaving his weekend show at the end of May. So I was, I've been making calls all week to Bob Costas affiliates talking to these guys about getting uh, getting on the those those couple hours on the weekend. Um, so so the, the failure of syndicated programming is a an opportunity for Free Talk Live, and it helps us get on more stations. One of the things you can do to help us out, and this is kind of an interesting story, Mark. One of the things you can do to help us out is to call your local talk stations and talk to the program director and tell him that you'd like to hear Free Talk Live on his station. But make sure you're honest about it. Uh, When you call or when you email, make it very clear that you live in the area and that you can receive their signal. If you're a listener, you should tell them that. Tell them what you like about the station. That's always something you want to if do. If you're not a listener, then tell them that you're, you're, you're contacting them because you want to listen to their station, would right. prefer to listen to the show in this manner. It, because, well, you know, humans are humans, and if, one of the, and if these guys, you know, write you back, get, you know, if they see some inconsistency in your story, they're going to discount everything you say and all the work you've done has been for naught. Right, and that's what I encountered this week, actually. And, and I think there was a particular reason for it. I think that pretty much any time contacting your local talk station is fine. You don't want to bang down their door or anything. If you call them this month, then don't call them again for another quarter of a year at the very least, I would say. six months. Leave them alone um, because they're busy and they get calls from all kinds of people. But what happened this week was we're being considered for a station, and I won't say where, but we're being considered for weeknights at a station in a fairly decent-sized market. Um, And I knew that we were being considered. And one of the the newest amplifiers happened to live in that market. So when I was processing amps over the weekend, I saw, oh, he's in so that place. Well, I'll send him an email because I, you know, email back every new amplifier to get certain information from him. And as I was emailing him back, I said, uh, hey, uh, you live in this market? Did you know? Uh, I just wanted to let you know this station is considering us for weeknights. You may want to give them a call on Monday and let them know that you uh, would appreciate hearing Free Talk Live. I figured. This couldn't be a bad thing, right? I figured positive comments are good. It's going to be a fine. Everything will be fine. I didn't even really think much of this. But what ended up happening was he had a couple of friends, a brother and a friend, who are also uh, – one of them's also an amplifier, and the other one's just a friend. They both like the show. And so he told his friends, who also lived in that same listening area – so all three of them contacted the program director on Monday morning, basically, and they sent emails. They didn't call, and I think calling is best. I understand some people are, you know, antisocial, and that's fine. Send an email if that makes you more comfortable. But but calling is best because well, the programmer. I can tell you that uh, if you're doing sales, which this essentially would be a form of yeah, sales because you're is. trying to convince someone to do something, whether it's buy something or switch in some way or another. Um, if you're doing sales, you would want to talk to the person. the the most The best way would be, the most effective way would be face to face in the same sure. room. The you know next would be some sort of t- uh, teleconference where you're you know looking at them on via video camera. The next best would be telephone, and you, you need to be able to you know it's that human interaction. Sure, but uh, so yes, picking up the phone and calling is good because then the programmer can ask you questions. You know, he can talk to you and and, mm-hmm. and feel you out. In this case, what happened was, even though all three of them mentioned being in the area in their emails, it totally tweaked out the program director. Like, he got, he got spooked 
basically, yeah. as a result of this. And he actually, thank goodness, he called me on it mm-hmm. instead of just getting spooked and saying, screw these guys. Yeah. Uh, he actually called me on it and said, hey, what's going on here? Because he was concerned because one of the guys, apparently, he looked at the phone number. It was a phone number that had an area code for a different area, and he wasn't sure whether the guy actually lived in the area that he was supposed to now be living in. Now, remember, this is three emails this guy got. Three yeah. stinking emails. This goes to show how effective your email or your call would be to your talk station because three little emails. But uh, he was worried for, I was scamming him. Yeah. He was worried that there was like some sort of campaign going on on my part to uh, to affect his decision-making process, which is true. <laughs> there was a campaign going on, but I think what he believed was going on was that these were just three random schmoes from somewhere who were emailing him claiming they might be able to listen to the station when, in point of fact, they might not actually be able to listen to the station. So he was being kind of paranoid about it, but I understood where he was coming from. So I feel like uh, I think that I'm not going to I, at, at no point in the future am I going to ask anyone to call a station if they're in the active process of deciding on the show. I figure at that point, better to leave well enough alone and just allow them to decide based on the merits of the show. Well, because I think you can really ask people to call stations, and then that may result in somebody calling a station that's actively considering. There's a possibility. And that's okay, because it would still just be one person, and you're not you know, targeting right. or anything like that. I agree with that, but I specifically requested that yes. he contact, and I think that was a mistake, so... Well, I'm you still learning to, how to go about You talked to the program this. director, and how did that how did that go? I mean, did the program director once you said, oh, "Well, this happened"? Uh, oh, I gave him full disclosure. I told him exactly what was going on, and he seemed to feel better about it. You know, after I nailed it down, I called the guy, the amplifier, and I said, "Hey, are you guys really in this? You know, this city? Are you really there?" And he said, "Yes." And so I I passed that information on to the guy. I said, "Look, you'll get full disclosure from me if anything like this happens." Uh, and so you know, he, he took it under advisement. It may still hurt our chances. I don't know. Uh, but I think he saw it certainly better after it had been explained to him what exactly was going on. I tried to explain to him, look, I thought this was going to be positive. I thought you'd see this as, hey, these guys are really excited about this show. These are the kind of people who are going to evangelize your station. These are the kind of people who are going to print up flyers talking about how Free Talk Live is on this particular station and tell people about your station. And so they I do that. They do that. They do Our do listeners that. Listeners do that, and and that's what I was trying to. I showed him, hey, look, this is what I had intended to communicate. I'm sorry that uh, you know we didn't do a good job of if it. If you're an so. amplifier, I mean, you know, if an, you're an amplifier in a town where we're on the radio, it's that much easier to you know promote the show because all you have to do is put flyers up that say, listen to this station at this time. We have those flyers at promote.freetalklive.com. They got blanks. You write in the station, you write in the times, and you print them out and you put them up. So we'll see what we'll see what happens with that station. I'm you know still got my fingers crossed, and it's still a positive. It's not like the relationship has been destroyed or anything like that. I think he got it, what was going on after a little while. But I just wanted to share that story as an example of you know hey we're still learning how to do this uh, syndicated radio. Well, that's marketing how life is. Thing. You're constantly learning how to do right. things in life. So, but but your help is really appreciated, and you calling stations is really appreciated, whether you're an amplifier or not. I mean, this is a this extended edition of the show is going out to everybody that listens on the internet. So even if you right. aren't a Free Talk Live amplifier, and often call what, your local talk stations. Often, what you'll uh, what will happen with uh, is people is. You know, some some people will feel bad, like the students in high school will feel bad because they want to, you know, contribute to the show and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know what it was. I just wasn't making that much money in high school. Um, you know, it's I kind of feel like if you've got a job, then you can <laughs> contribute to the show. But high school students can do things like promote the show on campus. On, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Promote the show. And that to me, promotion sort of fulfills one's amp obligation. And I, I guess it's not an obligation in the yeah. literature. 
Presbyterian sense in the fact that you have to do it. But I, I do really sort of feel it like helps. If, if you've been listening to this show for a year and you aren't doing, you aren't amplifying, you aren't doing something for the show, like, uh, you know, like what, what are you doing? Well, there is no obligation. You can listen There's and not. consume and, and all that. And, uh, you know, thank you to everybody who does support the show. Uh, by the way, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board. I would like to point out that we have had a bit of a decline in AMP over the last uh, few weeks. And the reasons are, well, we've lost a, a handful of Platinums. We've lost maybe two or three uh, Platinums, and of course those are the $25 amounts. We ask for three, but some people voluntarily choose to give more than three, which is great. Uh, but the Platinums have basically been saying, hey, you know, we still love Free Talk Live, but I've got to cut back my expenses. You know, yep. the economy's tough. I can't afford 25 bucks a month anymore. And now they haven't cut out completely. Some of them have cut down to like five bucks or three bucks. But I've had I've had a couple of platinums cut from 25 to three bucks, and that that takes a, a toll on uh, the amp total. So. What so we I'd really like need to encourage more you, if you've been listening to the show for a year yeah. now, to get off your duff and uh, do the amp thing. Three bucks. Three bucks a month. It's, you know, the cost of a hamburger, the cost of a cup of coffee. So it's definitely, even in a down economy, something I think most people can handle is, is, is three bucks a month going to Free Talk Live. And you can do that over at amp.freetalklive.com. You know, we're not anywhere close to going the direction that Peter B. Collins is going. We're moving on and we're moving up. We're getting more radio affiliates. I've got more in the hopper. Should be coming on board within the next few months. Definitely going to have one in Vermont uh, coming on here in early April, if all goes as planned. I've already got the signed agreement from them. I can't announce it, though, until it actually happens. That's just because that's my policy. And uh, so there's more on the way. So AMP's working. You know, we're going to the uh, we're going to the Talker Seminar this year. I'll be speaking there, apparently. And uh, Free Talk Live's profile continues to raise amongst uh, the various different radio stations. Of course, uh, Clear Channel is very happy with us now that we've installed a dump machine. We've mentioned it on the air recently. The Genesis Communications Network installed a dump machine. I suppose we can talk a little bit more about what actually happened. What happened was uh, you heard us announce on a recent Saturday edition that uh, there's a station in Toledo that was adding the show. We announced them the night that they added the show for the first time. In fact, we even got a call from Toledo. Mm -hmm. And uh, the station is WSPD. Brian Wilson is the program director there, and he is he's one of the guys that we feature on the Liberty Radio Network, Brian Wilson's podcast from his daily radio show. He takes excerpts of some of the interviews he does, and he puts them online as a podcast. We take that, and we rebroadcast it on libertyradionetwork.com. So... We know Brian. We like Brian. Brian likes Free Talk Live. He decided finally to add the show to his station. And the first night we were live on the air, some caller said shit. Now, there was never been a dump box active on Free Talk Live. So all of the fucks and shits and everything that everybody has said over the years... They've all gone out on the radio. You know, you can't say cunt or cock either. But That's true. We, no we one ever says those. those. Yeah. Uh, so those have all gone out on the radio. We've been fortunate in that no one had complained and none of the stations had gotten anything from a listener complaining about it. So we pretty much have been flying under the radar for a while, right, with no dumb I think machine. we were just too small for it to matter. Right. And so now we're starting to get these big markets on. You know, Tampa comes on, WFLA, a clear channel station down in Tampa, is market number 12. Is it 12, 17? I think it might be 17. Anyway, sounds about right. it's big. Uh, so they come on, and of course, WFLA coming on is like a real amp for Free Talk Live, because those are call letters that people across the business know. And they see WFLA, oh, hey, WFLA has said Free Talk Live is okay. Not only is it in a big market, but it's in a, um, but it's been there, you know, they're call letters that have been talked for a long time. Oh, it's so a huge station. What they call heritage talk. It's a huge station. Yeah. So them coming on sing- the wattage isn't that big. Sends a signal to other stations 
that are watching and they say, okay, it looks like Free Talk Live is actually starting to make it here. They got WFLA. So uh, so WSPD, also a tremendously success, uh, successful station at Toledo, in Toledo. Uh, came on board. And first night, the guy says shit on the air. So the next morning... The board up scrambles for the board. Uh, he hits the dump box in well, Toledo. Right. Because Toledo's a big enough market to where they actually have a board operator in there. Most of our stations are completely automated. There's no one actually in the station when we're on. So then the board op calls the uh, the he emails the program director. Pro- e- emails the program director as the program director is actually reading our Wikipedia page, where you know one of our kind listeners has uh, you know updated the the page, but they've kind of assigned a reason that we don't have a dump box that is not exactly correct. Someone needs to up- update this, by the way. Right. Someone needs I, to I update. Don't, I don't know anything about doing that, but uh, we're not allowed to because it's our page. That's like the that's rule. Wikipedia, though. No, but it's the rule. You can't update your own page. I don't think that's so. I've update, updated the Wikipedia page before uh, really? at wikipedia.com. It's our it's our rule that we don't update our Wikipedia. Wiki. No, I've heard that the uh, the common courtesy amongst Wikipedia is that if it's your page, if it's a page about you, or in this case about our show, it's inappropriate for us to actually put the information there. Okay. I don't know. It's just what I've heard. Maybe it's true. Doesn't maybe it's sound. By the way, <laughs> by the way, we haven't even given out the uh, the special call in line here. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five number is open. We're still. Uh, we're actually into our our second hour now of the extended edition here. Are just, we really? Wow. Just blabbing on, talking shop here because well, uh, we like to. And six zero three four three five eleven zero five is the number if you want to jump in here about uh, and, and comment. So so the next morning I get an email from Brian Wilson saying, hey, you know this isn't this isn't going to stand. Basically, you know, we, we can't. Why aren't you running a dump machine? What's going on? On. I mean, how can you have a professional show and not have a dump machine? You can't. You're putting our license in jeopardy. You're putting my job in jeopardy. And so this is finally the uh, the fire that we needed to light underneath the network, right? Uh, th- because I tried to tell GCN years ago, hey, we need a dump box, because people were saying yeah. fuck on the air, and I knew yeah. that you know I knew that eventually something was going to break, some affiliate was going to hear that, and they were going to say, uh, yeah, we're done with you, and that's what happened. And of course, the irony—the the irony of the situation—is that Brian Wilson is a libertarian. He's a—he's probably an anarchist. Right, but at, you know, he—he he had to look at that Wikipedia page as he got the information that the—the uh, the S-bomb went out on the yeah. air, um, that's saying that we were in fact doing it for some kind of principled reason. Right, because we we're in favor of freedom of speech was right. the allegation. Right. Well, that was what—well, that's what somebody said, and it, I suppose whatever. If the, you know, it, it was fine. It's been on there for a couple of years. It's been on the the Wikipedia page, and I haven't cared. You haven't cared. I'm sure we've all seen it, but it's just not true. That's not the reason we were doing it. We were doing it because we just didn't have a dump box. Exactly. So we, you know, we ex- explained that to Brian, and we explained that we try to do everything we can to dissuade uh, the cursing, and that we hang up on the callers immediately. And he basically said, "Look, you know, he understood, uh, he understands, but he's got a job to do, right? I mean, it's not his radio station. He's just the program director, and Clear Channel has their policy, and that's that." I mean, he, he he pointed out that he agrees with us that there shouldn't be an FCC and that, uh, the, you know, you should be able to do these things. But, but he was canning us anyway. <laughs> in the meantime, he's taking us off the air. So that's why we never actually put. Well, he was pretty he was pretty miffed, actually. Um, well, in, because of the Wikipedia article. Because of the Wikipedia the article, he got the wrong impression. He was pretty miffed. I, um, I sent an email cl- clearing that up um, beyond dispute. You had sort of said it, but you didn't you didn't really make it abundantly clear to him, at least not to my satisfaction. Well, what I did make clear was that. 
I was going to get on the network right away and yes. get them to make the changes. And I told uh, GCN about it, and I said, look, you know, you guys just lost this affiliate. I mean, the WSPD, if you look at the ratings, is is the number one talk station in Toledo. It's one of the top stations, period, in, in Toledo. I said, you guys just lost this station, and the only way you're going to get them back is if you put the stump machine in. Well, next week... They hadn't really moved forward too quickly on it because it didn't seem like there was a huge sense of urgency, I guess, at that point. I mean, it was certainly more the than they'd ever was had. already lost. <laughs> they were moved. Yeah, the station's gone, and so, all right, well, we'll get, we'll get it done when we get it done. Um, and that was, you know, I wasn't really jumping all over them for it either at that point. But then, the next weekend, somebody said, fuck, on the air. And the board op at WFLA, our biggest affiliate in Tampa... Uh, dumped, he had to be there, so he hit the dump button and contacted uh, the, the program director there. And the program director thankfully called me, and he said, hey, you know, this is what happened. Uh, I need to have some assurance from you that it's not going to happen again. And I said, I'll, I'll call the network right away. And, you know, I sent them out an email. I said, look, guys, this is it. You're about to lose your biggest affiliate. On the, this is their biggest affiliate on their whole network, yeah. WFLA. You're about to lose your biggest affiliate. And uh, there's also another station that is an FM talk station that Clear Channel has that wants the show. They want Free Talk Live, but they know about this. And they're not coming on until this problem gets solved. So that basically lit the fire big time underneath GCN. They pulled out a dump machine that they actually had the whole time. They've been having it, but uh, apparently they, you know, their uh, engineer guy didn't want to put it in. It the wasn't... old engineer. The new right. guy is great. Right. The new guy's great. Uh, the old engineer just didn't want to do it for whatever reason. Just it's a, a lazy pain bastard. The, it's a pain, that's a pain in the butt. Well, that's classic radio. Um, yeah. It, you know, and the the we didn't get into this business to lay brick and do real work. Right. right? The, the GM over there, uh, Ted Anderson. You know, maybe things things have been fine. So it has. It wasn't a big issue to him either. Uh, so I'm sure that he was listening to the engineer on that, and just you know, it just right. never seemed terribly important. And to, in all honesty, it didn't seem that important to us either. Otherwise, we would have been calling every single month yeah. or week or whatever, saying we want that dump box in. We've right. had a, we've had a little clout for a little while, and yeah. we just haven't been throwing it around on this issue. So there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, ap- uh, you know apathy that, that can be spread pretty thick here on this uh, situation. Well, and in this one, we didn't really. It wasn't our clout. It was the clout of the stations. I mean, it was the stations, and it it made, it, it did the trick, right? The, by that weekend, the dump box was installed and operational. So Free Talk Live is now operating on a seven or eight second delay, and uh, the pro- and I thought for a moment, well, does this mean we can get people a pass no it doesn't the reason we can't give you a pass on a curse these days is because you could curse again and if you curse again the dump hasn't been uh, built back up at that point because the way the technology works is the dump machine has to build its delay basically and then when you hit the dump button it collapses back to the audio being live and it has to rebuild the delay again so if you well, curse you're still going to get hung up on on free talk live and your curse isn't going to make it out on the radio anymore so right, so, so the, please the, the don't. kids the kids who have been uh, doing the little cranking uh, they'll never even you know the, that won't go anywhere. It won't go out. No. Now, um, so that's so that's a big change, and it's good for us because it means that once now that the problem has been solved, we can get Toledo back eventually. It's not going to be next week because we're waiting on a newer dump box to come in. But uh, but so we're making the situation better. We're going to get new affiliates on as a result of that, and uh, we won't put any of them in jeopardy. I think we can also future. relax the rule ever so slightly for say um, guests and that kind of things because it's always been kind of a a strange situation when a guest will curse and we and we kind of let them slide. Yeah. Yeah. So now. You know, I won't feel as bad on that issue either. 
Yeah, that's true. We could always just put them on hold and say, all right, we're going to come back to you and then wait for the delay you're, to build back up. <laughs> you're, you're in the corner now. Yeah. It's in your time <laughs> Naughty, out. naughty. Uh, so there you go. So we've got uh, lots of exciting things happening behind the scenes. 2009 is shaping up to be an amazing year for Free Talk Live. Right. I mean, it really is. There's going to be a lot of. I think there's going to be a lot of growth this year. I mean, there's been growth every year, but it's like now it's really. Oh, next month we mentioned the Heavy Hundred thing. Right on the air, we talked about that. Yeah. How Talkers Magazine has announced us as part of the Heavy Hundred. It was the first time ever we've been in the top 250, the top 250 most influential talk show hosts in the right. country. We'd uh, we've been in the top 250 for a handful of years, and this year was our first year in the Heavy Hundred. We made number 97, and I was looking at the list mark, and I think there's no problem with being 75 or above next year because like most of the 75 through 100 shows are local. like local hosts. So um, and and uh, coming up next month, Talkers is announcing their new top 50 list. Yes. It's going to be the Frontier 50, and it's the 50 most influential or most important important or influential one of the other, uh, most important internet radio or internet talk show hosts. And I've already asked Michael Harrison over at Talkers Magazine if we're included because I was trying to work on uh, Johnson's working on our advertisement for for Talkers next month, updating it for the Heavy Hundred. And I was asking, well, are we going to be in this list? Because if we are, I'd like to update my ad so we can have the ad actually run appropriately and show what we're on. And he said yes. So we know in advance we are going to be part of the Frontier 50. The only question now is how high on the list will we be on the Frontier 50? Yeah, we were 97 I... in the heavy 100, but this is the Internet we're talking about here. I think we should be top 10. You say you think it's going to be number one. It's, I, well, I think it should be number one. Um, I mean, you know, who's more influential on the Internet than Free Talk Live? I suppose you could say that, you know, uh, Rush or something like that. But I think we... I don't even... think they're going to give it to any old school I, radio guys. It wouldn't make any so. sense, uh, you know. I mean, for one, Rush is a paid versus a free, and I just don't see the paid model making, uh, you know, going very far on the internet. I don't know how many uh, downloads they get or anything like that. Free Talk Live is not the most downloaded radio show on the internet. But Gardner we, Goldsmith has twice the downloads we do. Yeah, something like that. If not three times as many. I, I don't know, uh, but he, you know, they they, he get, they get a lot of downloads. However, we have huge listener loyalty in that we drive people to websites that where they vote. You know, uh, Podcast Alley. We've been number one on Podcast Alley for months and months at this point. We've uh, won uh, the Podcast Awards Best Political Talk Show or, uh, you know, podcast for four years running, the four years that they put it out there. And that it just goes to show listener loyalty, which is, which is a huge factor when it comes to uh, you know, advertising and things like that. They need, you know, people need to know that stuff. So I think that I, I think we should be number one. Tell me who, should, who is more influential on the Internet than Free Talk Live. So Twitch, we'll let you know. Maybe. Well, yeah, I, I bet you, yeah, he should definitely be on there. Leo Laporte, Twit, he's huge. Uh, so, yeah, it's all coming, and it's going to be a big year, and you guys are making it possible. I think that's where uh, we do actually have a call coming in. But you guys are making it possible. Please go to amp.freetalklive.com. We need it. We do need your 3 bucks a month. Uh, we've had some people drop out recently, citing the economy. But if you can afford a cup of coffee every month, and you can afford to cut out that one cup, you can afford to be a Free Talk Live amplifier. And you'll get perks. You get the access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only uh, amp chat room forum, and more. And we would really appreciate it. It makes a big difference for us in the amount of marketing of the show that we can do. Uh, it's really it's going to be a great year, and you can help us out. So amp.freetalklive.com. Right. If you need, the extra, you need extra money to amp with, we're all libertarians here. Go prostitute yourself. There you go. Let's go to the phones. Who's this? You're on the amp line. Hey, it's Brock. Uh, I realize you guys are on your 20th hour here this week, and I'm not going to take a bunch of your time, but I'm 
I, and I also realize this is, isn't a telethon. However, I'm going to send you an email here right away. You know, go ahead and upgrade me to, to Ampen more because this is – I mean, the, the work you guys do is, is incredible, and, and it's wonderful. And I, 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 I just can't appreciate it more. However, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's stay on topic, hit the liberty, don't really focus on the Free State Project as maybe as much. But I felt hey, I whatever, felt like we hit it a little I, hard I'm last night. Sorry. Sorry, Brock. I I felt like we hit it a little hard last night. But you know, we yeah, also we get, got stirred up by that guy. Who was, we, uh, we, with we his get objections. you know, I get our batteries charged like anybody else who <laughs> believes about anything. Um, you know, really uh, firmly, we believe very firmly in the Free State Project, and we have. You know, I, I was telling uh, some listener at some point in the uh, recent past about the. Uh, the hazing process, whether somebody, uh, there some experiment was done, and uh, people that were hazed heavily, um, you know, they, t- they took two groups. One was hazed lightly, one was hazed heavily, in to order to um, get into this organization. And then they, you know, they had to listen to a tape of the uh, people in the organization talking, and and the people in the uh, organization were made uh, by the scientists specifically to be, uh, you know, hard to follow and and crazy sounding and, and all kinds of stuff. And the people that were hazed heavily. Um, they thought that the the people on the tape were interesting. The people that were hazed lightly said these people are a bunch of nimrods. And you've got to admit that people that have moved for the Free State Project have been hazed heavily because we have picked up our lives and you know sold all our stuff. Whether it's a good organization or a bad organization, we're hazed heavily, so we are thoroughly indoctrinated. And uh, you know that that's what happens when you stir up uh, zealots. No, I I agree 100 with you, Mark. Uh, you know, y'all are doing. Y'all are doing the good work for the rest of us. Thank and, you, sir. And that's that that's awesome. But there's you know, there's some of us out here that are still out in the outback that that uh we I guess we don't need to be downplayed is is the is all I'm asking. And, I hear and, you. But but I just you you are the evangelist and um I I, I can't agree with that more. However, you know, I, it, oh, actually not however, just, you know, go ahead. I'll be sending you an email, Ian. Great. Thank you, sir. Go ahead and upgrade me, and and, cool. uh, and that's what everybody who, who really wants something to go along with Free Talk Live to, to do. And how long have you been amplifying for, if I can ask? Oh, God, I don't know. Two years? A couple years. All right, that's good. So sticking with it, that's excellent. Uh, and that's what, we're, that's what really I prefer to see over, um, you know, quantity. I consider length of time to be the most important yeah. thing. To me, uh, you know, somebody hopping in at three bucks a month is doing, you know, and, and intending to, you know, just leave it alone. Three dollars a month means nothing to you in your life. You could, you'll lose that much change in your couch. Uh, True. You know, <laughs> so just, you know, do the three bucks and leave it alone. Brock, thank you, though, for upgrading. Yeah. Yep, and that, yeah, that's above and beyond the call of duty. I mean, if everybody who listened to the show did three bucks a month, we'd hit that ten thousand dollar mark in in no time flat. Uh, we're at four, we're over four thousand dollars at yep. this point today, which is great. And of course, there is a lot more to come, and a lot of exciting things we can do as we uh, we get more money coming in. And it's people like you, Brock, that really have made this show happen. I mean, obviously, we're here doing the show, and we're the ones marketing it, but we would not be where we are today without people like you. And so, I thank you, sir. 
Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Have a good night. Yes, sir. 603-435-1105. A few more moments here for you to chime in. We're wrapping up the extended edition of the show. I guess that this this, uh, little section of the show has now become a vertical fundraiser. However, I would like to point out... Well, that's why these are great, because we don't have the radio program directors breathing down our necks. Right. I'd like to point out that this vertical fundraiser here um, that that you are hearing is at the end of a podcast. You you know, you got your full podcast. Could have stopped any time. Right. At any point, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to continue listening to us we're simply providing bonus content here you know the bonus content allows you to look at the uh, the inner workings of free talk live some people like that you know? they do they really do people want to hear about ratings people want to hear about uh you know how how radio works and you know some different people have different value in it and the ratings have been working out too by oh the my way, god we've really been doing great. great well free talk live gets ratings and that hasn't been our yeah. problem all along our problem has been uh you know <laughs> controversial content our problem has been uh you know advertising getting people on board because probably because to some extent controversial. you run any specials mark you got any inventory to sell i've i've, I've, I've got inventory op- available right now i've got uh two minutes right now per show which uh, we have seven and a half minutes per show so and uh that's we, we I do tw- fifteen to twenty dollars per spot basically, as uh, is is the low end and it depends on the commitment level and things like that. But um, you know things have been good as far as sales goes. Uh, we've considering I, the down economy. Yeah, the, you did the have down a little economy, hit, didn't you, back in September? Or something? It was uh, November, uh, November was when my hit came, but it, it didn't it, it didn't even affect the numbers that badly. December was still a pretty good month. That's good. Um, so what we've basically done is gone flat, where. Uh, you know, everybody else is losing money. We're a little flat and maybe a little bit ticking upwards. So AMP, AMP has dipped down just a tad. Uh, it was going up for a little while, and mm-hmm. over the last two or three weeks, it's dipped down a tad. And that's because we've lost a couple platinums who've uh, downgraded, which is fine. You know, thank goodness they're still there and, and supporting right. the show. I, 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 nobody's nobody's stinging them. No way. No. Um, they've you know they stepped up and they they gave some more when they could, yeah. and now they're they're stepping back a little bit. That's fine. To me, the only thing that's important is. People amping at three dollars a month and doing it, you know, for a period of time. The reason we made it three dollars a month is so that you could do it for a long period of time, and that it would set it and forget hurt it. You, yeah, set it and forget <laughs> it. So you wouldn't, so it wouldn't hurt you. And the the biggest problem we have with amping right now is that people just don't do it. They keep putting it off. They procrastinate. Oh well, it's getting done, and Free Talk Live's continuing on. And you know and what? We are, and we will. We will. You know, you don't have to do it, man, but. You should. You really should. And well, I mean, and, if you and, think you know, we we get on and we preach a moral message every single night, and you know, the moral thing to do, in in my opinion, if you're going to listen to this show, month in and month out, you should step up and amplify because obviously you agree. If even if you don't agree, you're still getting the entertainment value. Three We're providing something to you. You're not providing back, uh, you know, value. But you have no obligation. We're going to still continue to put it out. Yeah, we will. And uh, you can still listen. And, and again, if maybe you are having too much of a tr- uh, you can't, you just can't cut that cup of coffee out, you can pick up the phone and call your local radio station. That's right. helpful. You can Please. print out those uh, flyers. I will not That's feel, helpful. I will forgive you. I will I'll give you absolution, my son. If you, <laughs> if, you call, if you call your local talk stations, if you, uh, you know, vote at vote.freetalklive.com. Do what Seth is going to do down in Florida. Go to those events where these guys are waving, ah, tea party, rah, and, stay and hand out Free Talk Live flyers at those Bulletin places. boards at businesses are yeah. great for just putting up the Free Talk Live half, pa- shops, half page kind of uh, yeah. you know, thing there. You know, if you're picking up listeners for us in that manner, that's what your AMP dollars are doing. They're picking up listeners and they're picking up stations. So It'd be a great way to get called into the principal's office at school to just hand out Free Talk Live flyers to people. They won't like that very much. 
No, do you think they? I mean, what would be the big deal? I don't know. I I had a, a young friend who got in trouble for handing out the world's smallest political quiz at school. So anyway, there are lots of ways but you can help. Free Talk Live is kind of a radio show, whereas the political quiz could be called something political. Yeah, you know, I don't know. So are, I don't want to. I don't want to see kids handing out to anti-abortion flyers at school. Blah. There are a lot of ways you can help us, and we've enumerated a number of them. The most important is to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. I think we are done for this extended edition of the show. Yep. Uh, I didn't, Brought to you by CDEvolution.org. Didn't tell my wife I was going to be staying in late. I'm probably in trouble. Well, she's not home. Uh, yeah, but she, you know, she, she probably wanted to talk before Ew. she went to bed. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. So I, I saw the phone ring, and I'm like, I can't answer. I have, the microphones are hot. All right. So you could have taken the call. It's an internet edition. Yeah, that seems like it's pushing it to me. All right. Well, we're done, and we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Nice. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting the show. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.